I'm so glad it's spooky season. You are? Yeah. It's almost over now. I don't care for spooky things. Do you I know. know what I do like? Candy. Candy. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. Episode number 37, a random draw, a board game podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Mann. With me, as always, Dave Hubbard. That's me. And Mark Belisle. Ooh, spooky, spooky <laughs> podcast. The ghost of Mark Belisle. <laughs> You know, it explains your opacity, like yeah. the level of opacity that you're currently set at. Yeah, I had an accident on the way here, and now I'm um, somewhat incorporeal. It's I weird. did think, where's his legs? But I, I didn't want to ask. I've been eating the push. same protein bar for like 20 minutes now. I just put it in my mouth, and it falls out, and then I pick it up, and I put it in my mouth, and it falls out. <laughs> Never-ending protein yeah. bar. So, so we are recording this in October, and this will be released before Halloween. So this is our Halloween Ooh, spooktacular. Boy. Yes. That's a common Halloween joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is weird because I don't do anything spooky. I don't watch anything scary. I don't like to be scared. I don't care for the spooky. Yeah, I would say that I'm the most spooky of the three. Yeah. yeah. Both I'm, as a human being and what you like. Yes. I'm medium spooky. <laughs> you like medium spooky. I'm medium spooky. Yeah. Like if a, we were the three bears of spookiness. Okay. You'd be Goldilocks spooky? I'd be Goldilocks spooky. Spooky. <laughs> spooky. Uh, Mark you would, mean baby bear. You would be baby bear spooky? Oh, yeah. Just right? Just I'm right. just right. Uh-huh. Um, Dave would be... I'd be too little spooky. Yeah. Wait, wait. What's... And then Mark would be too much spooky. I would be... Uh, Papa I'd be, Bear? I'd be Papa Bear yeah. spooky. Dave would be Mama Bear. Papa yeah. Bear if he's a goth and listens to The Cure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very specific. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, oh, so much eyeliner. Yeah, so much eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for Halloween. So, I, well, it's a bummer because we have Kira, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like, you can't go trick-or-treating. So they're having like a costume parade or something in our ah, development. That's fun. Is like, it though? It's not like where are you getting candy though? She yep. uh, what's she going as? The devil. <laughs> oh man. She probably said a devil, and I transferred it into <laughs> the, the devil. The devil. <laughs> the, the singular devil. It's like the Ohio State. The, yeah. The devil. The Satan. <laughs> we still have to take Kira like three dads trick or treating one year when it's yeah. allowed to trick or treat again, yeah. and yeah. and My come up with dads. a costume that makes sense given three dudes. <laughs> And Kira. Just uh, three men and a little lady. Yeah, you know. <laughs> one of weird. us will be Tom Selleck. Uh-huh. One will be Ted Danson. And one will be uh, Gutenberg. Gutenberg. <laughs> yeah, Steve Gutenberg. I don't know that I know what Steve Gutenberg Police Academy. Like. Mm, was like, he the one who makes the funny noises? No. Yeah. Is he the white guy he who was makes the, jokes? He was the main character in Police Academy. I don't. I honestly don't know what he looks like. 80s white guy? Dan, Dan's the Tom Selleck. You think I could pull off a mustache I like that? I think so. Either I'll, that or I, Dave. I think that with enough makeup, you can. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So much chest hair. I do have that. Yeah, yeah. So that's Dave, what I'm saying. Dave gets to be Ted Danson? Yeah, maybe. I don't really. Hold on. I'm not uh, good at dancing, but I'll try. That's stupid. That's a stupid joke. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Steve <No>. Gutenberg. <laughs> Take that joke back it's right recorded. immediately. I can't. Oh, yeah, this, oh, yeah. I'm definitely more of a Gutenberg. Look at yeah, this guy. Mark's a super the, Gutenberg. Yeah. This, oh, he's six foot. He's six foot even. These guys are all gigantic. Okay, six foot's not gigantic. <laughs> I, Comparatively I speaking. I agree with Dan. I don't think six foot's gigantic. <laughs> yeah, I am six foot it, it is, is it is not average it is above average i will give you that but, but two inches this is a board game podcast <laughs> start over delete all this. what we're doing okay uh so this is a spooktacular like we were saying so this is ho- just piece this together however you want Dave. <laughs> 
That's going to be a nightmare. So we my are... nightmare is editing this podcast. That's my spooky nightmare. Yeah, so we're talking about scary games. And speaking of nightmares, the first oh. game we played was Lucidity Six-Sided Nightmare. Yeah, this, these were these yeah. were nightmares in six flavors. And it was yeah. a nightmare to have to play this game. <laughs> yeah, there wow, was, was coming and screeching. That's the rule, my hot take. The yeah. rule book in this game was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Uh, what happened with this rule book? It was like rules by omission. Like they uh-huh. just left stuff out. Like yeah, you'll figure it out. It's Here, fine. Like, here's the deal. It. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go through all this effort of publishing a board game, <laughs> okay, just tell them. Just pay somebody to do a rule book. Maybe they did, and just they, bring a guy in. Just they got like, someone off of Fiverr. They paid like twenty bucks. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I got your rule book. Yeah, he's like, I can make your rule book in twenty four hours. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And yeah. actually, if we're gonna go with that, is why this rule book is the way it is. I get it. I get, like, this is believable, is what if, we're saying. If yeah. you got twenty four hours and a twenty dollar rule book, I I take it back. The rule book's fine for that. Yeah, it is. It is worth <laughs> every penny. If that's what went it's on. good. You made a good decision. Exactly. Like, uh, so <laughs> lucidity. I, I'm a little hazy on what this game is about. Okay, so I, I did a little, a little, a little reading. You did into the. Like, Tell the, me what the so heck we, is going on. We in this are game. all dreamers, yeah, quote unquote dreamers. What does that mean, though? We're just like asleep. Yeah, man, we're just like we're just snoozing, man. We are the we, dreams. We took ourselves or? some melatonin, <laughs> just like Mark does every Thursday night. Yep, had some cough syrup, and we are dreaming oh, once man, again. What a night, like yeah. Mark does <laughs> what every a Thursday. night. <laughs> <laughs> what we're doing is we're exploring the realm of dreams in order to gather dreams. For a quiver of dreams. What are you talking about? I'm it's, making it up now. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because this is dumb. Perhaps. Yeah. Is no. this like that Freddy Krueger movie? Yeah, with the Dream Warriors? Yeah. Uh, it might be. No, I think we're actually just exploring dreams. And then like sometimes there's nightmares. Yeah. But the nightmares are like entities. And if but you then see you too become... many of the nightmares, then you can become the nightmare. Yeah. Okay. It's, sure. It's the new nightmare. I will allow all of that. Okay. Yeah. So there's <laughs> it's not really like, it's, it's a little hazy, but yeah. we, are, we are basically dreamers. So in this game, you play a dreamer. Yeah, <laughs> nebulous dreamer. Like the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> you play a dreamer, and uh, you take your turn rolling dice. This has some push-your-luck elements and dice management No, elements? it's just push-your-luck, though. Like, there's not really dice management. I guess not. You can take out two of colors you don't care for. Yeah, but that's, like, that's... Dice, that's it. That's dice management. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. By the rules. Uh, <laughs> so in this game, it's it's kind of like a push your luck. The coolest thing about this game is there's a ton of colored dice, and it you reach your hand into a bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, we can all the, agree and that. And those are absolutely the two good things I'll say about this <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah. Like, we can all agree pro bag. that. that pro-bag. pro-bag podcast. I yeah. love randomly drawing things out of a bag. I mm-hmm. also like rolling dice. I'm not I even love knocking rolling that. Dice. Yeah. That's the game. So let's rate that. <laughs> if we, yeah. You know what? If we stopped right here, Nine, this game would be an okay rate. <laughs> <laughs> Nine, baby. So in this game, you... Um, roll your dice and there's like five or six different colors and the dice have different powers or they are quote unquote power so it's a one or a two it's a power you move it on your power chart uh red dice it could be could be hunted hu- hunted could, could be hunted and you could end up getting eliminated yeah. somehow and if yeah. you get four of those you're eliminated from the game yeah and mm-hmm. if there's one thing i love it's player elimination the good thing is this you're game coming in awful saucy about this yeah. game i did not care for this yeah. <laughs> so much derision from that me, corner of the let me at least explain <laughs> it yeah Dan, dave and the derision corner <laughs> can't get eliminated the good thing is the game isn't that long mercifully the game's not that long <laughs> see there's dan coming in with the heat <laughs> so in the game you take these dice and you are assigning them then you're resolving the powers that be and then you could decide to roll again 
or reduce some of your powers. Because if you fill up a full power, you become that nightmare. Yes. So there's like four. If you have like three spottings of a nightmare. <laughs> so there's like you have the blue nightmare. You have the nightmare of the deep. Yeah. You have the nightmare of the primeval. Envy was the green Envy. one. There's uh, the caged. Yeah. And then there was like the evil one that could yeah, kill yeah. you. So and if you have three spottings yep. of those, then the nightmare possesses you. And you are the and nightmare. And you become the nightmare. And then your gameplay radically changes. Yeah, and in my the opinion, better. becomes the more better. fun. Yeah, yeah. For the better. Uh, mm-hmm. But it turns out the less you do in this game, the f- more fun it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you, in turn, become the nightmare, you cover up part of your board with whatever nightmare you become. Mm-hmm. You have two abilities. You can strike out at the other players, or you can you, take their power. Right. So let's say I become the nightmare of the deep. All of their power is based on blue dice. Yeah. If somebody puts a blue dice on their board, mm-hmm. I can just take that right. power and add it to my own. So you can either send two minions out and make them roll the dice and hopefully kill them, mm-hmm. or you can take their power and add it to yours. And of course, the first person to 15, I think, wins. Ours didn't win that way, right? No, no. no I think we everyone... all became nightmares. Yeah. 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 So I, like this I was the last to die, and you two were both nightmares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was... So, I mean, and that's the game. It, and again, it's, a, it's not very long. It's less than 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also not very fun. Yeah, I was... <laughs> I didn't know what to I expect. I didn't say it, but I yeah. agree. Because you look at the outside of the box, and it looks like, yeah. it, I mean, I think I made a joke about it being like a McFarlane comic from the 90s. Yeah, it's like super vivid, dark art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I was like, hmm, interesting. I'm kind of curious to see like, what sort of spooky gameplay there is. And then really, you just end up with like a really stripped down. <laughs> there's no spooky gameplay. There's, no, <laughs> there's like some stripped down, like a dice roll. There's like yeah. almost no gameplay. Yeah. yeah. I don't. And I think that is my problem with this game is that I, there are two choices you can really make at any point in this game. It is, uh, will you roll again? Mm-hmm. And what two of the colored dice you happen to pull out of the bag will you put back in and roll the rest of the dice you pulled you out of the bag? You can also say how many dice you'll initially roll. Uh, yeah, yeah so... but that is minor, because you will roll a bunch of dice. Like At the end of the day, you're going to roll a bunch of dice. But that's it. Then you just hope you roll good. Yeah. That's it. Like there's just so little player agency in this game. It was dull as can be. There's a couple other things. Like if you get a blue dice, you can re-roll one of your other dice. And it's like it's just like stuff like that, but it's like there's no consequence but, to it. But also mm-hmm. you don't choose that. Like you roll all of the die, and then if you rolled a blue eye, then you have to put it on the blue thing, and then you have to re-roll another die. Like right, there's but no you choice get to, in yeah, that. Yeah, but you get to choose which die you roll. So there's that choice. You had to take another one out of the bag and roll it, and it was what it was. It, it, it all, was his power yeah, that was it, it all it all depended on if there were nightmares in play or like what sort of colored eyeball you rolled. Like yeah. So certain uh, like because the colored eyeballs just sort of did stuff. And then once Mark was in play, then he would make you yeah. roll stuff. Well, yeah. there. I mean, it's not even that that I have a problem with. It's just it's not fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't care if the game doesn't give me a lot of choices. If I'm still having fun, then that's something. But this game, did, like there was nothing. Well, mm. I, I had more fun playing. Oh, what was the game where you had to conquer the castles? Fantasy oh, War. Uh, Art of War. Art of yeah. War. Mm. I had more fun playing Art of War than I had playing this game and the concept is similar in that it you is. roll die and you see what happens yeah but i had more fun playing that game than this game see and even that that game art of war the push because that's a push your luck game too but the push your luck in that felt so much more rewarding like if you got it like mm-hmm. if you pushed your luck here and did good you're like oh, okay yeah, okay like, i guess i got like, some more power on yeah, the bottom of my cool board. i'll go again yeah, yeah. yeah. i guess i'm uh, at eight power now mm-hmm. your turn <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and like i don't know it just felt very underwhelming 
So in Art of War, when you succeed, you get to take you get something. a thing. You, yeah, yeah. you get a reward. Or whatever it was. In this one, you just sort of watch some extra dice stay on your board. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, that mm-hmm. is all. Mm-hmm. So It is just so non-rewarding in every single way. So we should say the components are very nice. Yeah, like the, the board's little, oh, fine. Yeah. The dice are awesome. They're these little tiny dice, and they're all, like, really bright colors. They're bright colors. Yeah, they remind me of Sagrada. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah like yeah. The, the dice quality, mm-hmm. is and like they're very... all like their own faces. It's not like they're just your regular D six. Yeah, they're or custom dice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and the got, bag like, was the, nice. My the hand art fit in it. The art's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> the art's really cool in this game. Yeah, the game. art's pretty dope. I like the say. art a lot. Unboxing this game, I was like, uh oh, look at all this stuff. And yeah. then reading the rules, I was like, uh oh, look Uh-oh. at all this stuff. <laughs> and then playing the game, I was like, oh man, I hope that one one of us ends this game soon. Yeah. See, in this type of game, I don't mind player elimination because I'm hoping it's me. Dude, at the end of the game, I was pushing. Pushing my luck to the max just to end the game because mm-hmm. I was like, I, I this is not fun. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a good game. <laughs> no. uh, Mark, why don't you tell us more about this? Lucidity: Six Sided Nightmares, published in 2018 by Renegade Games. It's Studios. crazy. They make good games. Yeah, not this one, just though. kind of a just kind of a miss. Real stinker. Um, designed by Shannon Kelly, who mm. uh, designed another game called Runica in the Six Sided Spellbooks. So come on with this. Totally, totally into. Uh, <laughs> come on with this. I hate it. <laughs> totally into uh, to dice games. Art was done by Stephanie Gustafson. Oh, good work. Who did Coup and Aeon's End? Yeah, really mm-hmm. good for her. Also, she, Aeon's End. That art is not as grotesque. I yeah, think well, is the word I'm looking for. There's two other people: Tyler Johnson, who did Ghostal and Warp's Edge. I don't know what those are. And then William Webb, who apparently is a tattoo artist. This oh. is. Oh. I can see. Yeah, I could. I could see, I could see yeah. the tattoo work there. Like hmm. it's pretty. Yeah, the art's dope. Like that. That is yeah. absolutely. We all agree on that. The art's great. Yeah, yeah, this game is dangerously close to like having good things about it, except for the gameplay. It's yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like <laughs> everything leading up to the moment when we started playing the game. Yeah. I liked, and then unfortunately we had that pesky part at the end where we played the game. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I should have just showed you the game, then put it away. And <laughs> yeah. then like, guys, check this game out. Are we in play? No, what? no, no. Yeah, I give it uh, nine violators out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's rate Lucidity Six-Sided Nightmare um, on a scale of one to ten tattoos, not using the number seven. <laughs> Uh, Mark, what would you give Lucidity Six-Sided Nightmare? Oh, man. I just gotta, give it a crappy score. We I know. know, I know. Going to. I'm going to give it a four. I did not have a ton of fun with this game. <laughs> <laughs> the, art, the art is enough to almost Me get it to either. a five. But like just yeah. the fact that like even when you became a nightmare, and it's so indicative of like the general problems of this game, where yeah. you had literally fewer things to do. You're not even rolling dice yeah, anymore. In a game where you had almost nothing to do and no choices, yeah, you but, now have less. But they became <laughs> less but, choices, and I like it so much. Much but more. it became so much more interesting, yeah. which is kind of like a real indictment on the game itself. So give me a four. four. I'm not like a super uh, huge Dave fan. Lucidity, Six Sided Nightmare. Tattoos. How many tattoos out of 10? <laughs> forgot my stupid scoring system. How many <laughs> tattoos out of 10 would you give this without using the number seven? I will give this game a solid three. Mm-hmm. I will give this game the same score that Rattle Battle had because I feel the same way about it. The components are great. The art is great. I was really excited about playing the game. And then there was that pesky and fortunate part where i played the game and i hoped it was over soon dan do you remember how many rattle battles lucidity cost because <laughs> uh, rattle battle cost three dollars four four, four dollars sorry, sorry four dollars mm-hmm. it how, couldn't have been more than five rattle battles right <laughs> 
No, it was a little more. I think it was $25. Okay, so we're looking at like six rattle battles uh-huh. and then that's one a lot additional of... battle. Yeah, yeah, that's like a rattle battle a, and a half. And then a rattle. Yeah. Six and, and a half one rattles. more rattle. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like $25, but we got it MSRP from a board game shop. Okay, so. all right. Dan, what would you give Lucidity Six-Sided Nightmare? One to ten, not using seven. How many tattoos would you give this? I would give this game a, f- a four. It is not broken, but no, it, it is so bad. Yeah, it technically <laughs> it's so works. Not it's fun. It's not fun. And yeah, it's pr- just so not fun. And it's- in a thing where the entire hobby is designed for you to have fun with your friends. Yeah, it's not good. Well, the components, not. like we said, the components are great. The art was great. Uh, the game uh, less less great. Less great. Less- Aggressively not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like worked against your fun. It actively yeah. worked against you having yeah. fun. It's the type of fun that like hunts you in your dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, I'll just move on from there. Fair enough. Uh, next on the list, we played Elder Sign. Ooh, Elder Sign. Elder Sign. This is a Cthulhu game. Uh, yeah. A Cthulhu. 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 This is a co-op I would say there's some there's it's a dice rolling game primarily. Yeah. Dice rolling. Honestly, it had the same feel as Art of War in some ways. In that you're you except for I like this one. Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's dice rolling, but good. It's dice rolling with a whole lot more mitigation. And because it's co-op, you're all cheering for the person to roll well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Elder Sign, I was gonna wait for you to to explain this, Mark. Then I realized I I read the rules. Um, <laughs> that's right. So, you taught me. And, yeah. Uh, so This is a thing that I do that apparently no one else does for me is when I buy somebody a board game, Mm -hmm. I then learn the rules Mm -hmm. as a double present. So I bought Mark Elder Sign for his birthday, and then I read the rules like a saint. And then two months later, we played it, and I had to read the rules (laughs) again because I could not remember. Yeah, you were a real sweetheart about that because you were like, did you read the rules? And I was like, what made you think I would ever read the rules? Yeah, I don't know. In my head, I thought you were going to, and then it didn't happen. No, I don't don't do that. That's not my my shtick. It's not my bag in this group of friends. I guess I know now. Yeah. (laughs) So in Elder Sign, you play an investigator. Yeah. Again, there's so many investigators. There's tons of investigators. And if you die, you're just another investigator. (laughs) You just become another investigator. Like, there's no player elimination. You're just bad. No. So you, in Elder Elder Sign, you are investigators in this museum, Mm -hmm. and you are trying to stop an elder god from emerging. Yeah, I was like Jack Black, but trying to, you know, protect the museum. I don't know what that means. He was in a museum in R.L. Stein's. What's that spooky R.L. Stein's? Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll delete that. (laughs) I did see Goosebumps. I thought it was adorable. I thought you were going to go with Knight at the Museum. That's where I thought we were going to. Isn't he? He's not the main guy for sure. I know Robin Williams was Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main guy, wasn't he um, Zoolander? Ben Stiller. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. If you had said he was the guy from Mystic Pizza, right? I would have lost my mind. I would have physically attacked you. <laughs> that was terrible. He was uh, in The Secret Life of Walter Schmitty. <laughs> Stop. Stop, yes. Dave Hubbard. So in Elder Sign, you play Jack Black in a music. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to get Elder Gods to stop coming. So in the beginning of the game, everybody gets a random investigator, and mm-hmm. then you choose a random Elder God who is trying to emerge. I believe we were playing against Yog Sathoth. Oh, sure. Know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, Gazentite. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. 
you get uh, a couple of cards that are dealt to your character, mm -hmm. and they have different abilities. They can add a dice to your pool. They can give you some dice mitigation. It's a wide variety of stuff. Mm -hmm. But so they're all good. All good stuff. So you, everybody starts with the same pool of, like, six dice, and you can also earn one red and one yellow dice. Mm -hmm. And you are basically just matching dice up on locations in the museum. So you go to a different location and there's some challenges there. And if you fail the challenge, something bad, something happens. bad happens. And if you succeed mm -hmm. in the challenge, something good happens. Yeah. And sometimes something bad happens. And something bad happens. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, true. Sometimes Yugin Slagoff, yep. he, <laughs> yep. the Russian prize fighter, <laughs> he, uh, he gets more powerful or whatever. He's like the lose condition. Yeah. yeah. Well, not even that. If, if he builds up his power, he emerges and then you have to fight him. Yeah. Which you have or one her, more opportunity whatever. to kill the elder god. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And apparently, it's, or... it's near impossible. It yeah. goes. It always goes well. <laughs> if there's something I, I know, know about... if I had to fist fight an elder god, <laughs> yeah. I'd be fine. I think My... you could take Azathoth. Yeah, fist to fist, twenty yeah. style bare knuckle boxing. Yep, yep. certainly wouldn't devour you. <laughs> <laughs> no. So in the game, there's a bunch of different symbols that match symbols on the dice, and you roll your dice, and you can complete one row per roll. If you fail, you have to lose a dice, then you can roll again and it keeps going if you ever run out of dice you have now failed that location and you are punished in some way whether it is damage to you mm -hmm. or sanity, sanity, you lose sanity or health yeah. If either one of those goes to zero, your character is devoured, and you come back as another investigator because <laughs> yeah. there's just guys sitting on the bench there waiting to come in. Mm -hmm. Put to me in, investigate. Coach. <laughs> I'm ready to I'm ready to lose my mind. So, I mean, that's the core of the game. Mm -hmm. That is how the game is played. And then, like, there's all there's a ton of different power ups you can get if mm -hmm. you defeat whatever the task is. You get that, and then you can actually spend the points from that task to do mm -hmm. other things. Yep. And but like, that's the crux of the game, and and it just works. It works, and it's yeah. fun. The co-op isn't so much. There's a couple things like if you're in the same location there's a couple things you could do but mm -hmm. other than that like you can't alpha game someone because you literally do whatever they want yeah. like i'm gonna go here plus they're rolling dice so like good luck alpha gaming that. exactly yeah. roll it better <laughs> which which is a thing we say to people uh, yeah but mm -hmm. i mean uh, i mean it so <laughs> <laughs> that's really the game it, it's just yeah. a fun like it's pretty easy to learn once you get going once one round goes by you mm -hmm. just know how to play the there's game there's a yeah. ton of flavor in this game too yeah like, i didn't like, understand any of it but yeah no. well i mean if you're a connoisseur such as myself i'm yes a, if you listen to the end of this episode i'm a connoisseur of a different type oh my goodness <laughs> it's not yeah. a good thing tease, it's not a good thing tease, tease. stupid <laughs> but yeah there's like there's like tons of captions on the card yeah. i mean the monsters in the cup so you yeah. have like a bunch of monster tiles you shake them up and then you uh pull out a couple of them those go on the board and, and then if you defeat them you, you defeat them over. you get a little flavor text on the back which is really cool yeah. yeah and they make whatever the task is you're doing a little harder to do usually mm -hmm. the game itself is a pretty small footprint and mm -hmm. it comes in a small box you get tons of expansions for this that are out there that add different monsters more investigators different locations cthulhu's yeah sure is that yeah. the plural that's of what we need sure let's more do it more, more cthulhu's cthulhu yeah. jr uh <laughs> cthulhu jr you know Aww. Aww. i can't wait to play my little cthulhu <laughs> yeah he's oh, like my first cthulhu yeah he's a tiny little boy he's i wonder gonna... if i can get like a little stuffed animal that's like my first cthulhu i'm if sure not, i shouldn't market i'm somehow. sure that that is somewhere yeah, on the interwebs mark tell me more about elder sign elder sign published in 2011 by fantasy oh, flight games yeah fantasy i didn't flight realize games. it was that old oh yeah stay tuned i've got lots of information about this game about elder sign or about all of it 
Okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, they also published Star Wars Imperial Assault and yeah. any of your other favorite games. Yeah, Fantasy Flight Games <laughs> has made many games. Yeah, they've uh, all good. This uh, is their third game, right? <laughs> this is their third yeah, game. Yeah, they're a publishing of company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked by the real dearth of games by this new and up-and-comer Fantasy <laughs> Flight Games. Uh, designed by Richard Launius, who oh, cool. did Arkham Horror. Oh, well. I like that game. Kevin Wilson. I don't, I don't think I've played Arkham Horror in like that 10 is, years? No, that is the end of my son. Oh, <laughs> I haven't played in like 10 years. It's been, I don't think I've ever played it either. I would like to play I heard it's pretty massive though. Yeah, uh, like it's, a, it's a time sink. It is large, it is time consuming, and then you lose. Uh-huh. That is my experience <laughs> with that. Yeah, game. I'm okay with that if it's fun. Uh, I did. I do recall actually enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, I'm well, not a huge Cthulhu fan, but I um, I know somebody who is. Well, if you're interested in, in Arkham Horror, stay tuned in about 30 or 40 minutes when we hit on oh, you that think, subject a little later think on. we're not getting to it until that. Uh, Kevin Wilson, he also... Uh, did some of the design work. He did Descent Journey of the Dark, second edition. Great game. Great game. And the art was done by Dallas Melhoff, who did Android Netrunner. I know somebody who really likes it. Yeah, game. I know a couple somebodies who really like that. I know when they were teaching me how to play it that they just would demolish me. And then they say, <laughs> aren't you having a good time? And I'm you're like, like oh, yeah, really. great. <laughs> not really. I don't. I don't even understand why I lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened at all during this game. Did they ask you if you wanted to play again afterwards? And were you like, no, I'm good. They're just like, let's keep playing. You'll get it. And I was like, I don't know that I will. Uh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm sure I will ever get this. Anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's Elder Sign. Yeah, that's Elder Sign. So let's score Elder Sign Ooh. on how... How many Cthulhu tentacles would you give Elder Sign, uh, Dave Hubbard, 1 to 10, not using 7 Cthulhu tentacles, Elder Sign? This game, solid 8. Ooh. This game was fun. I, yeah. I'm a sucker for co-ops anyway. Yeah. So I will always throw that out there. Like, in the second it's a co-op game, I will probably rate it higher. However, this game just works. I think this is in the category of introductory co-ops. Like, this would be a great if you have friends that are willing to play a game but are not willing to a sink a ton of time into a game Mm. or b learn a long complex set of rules this fits all of those categories yeah because you could finish this in under an hour oh yeah and without Mm -hmm. a long rules explanation as well like i can't imagine trying to get someone to play spirit island comparative to trying to get someone to play this yeah yeah for sure so if you are in the mood for a light co-op uh game with a lot of dice chucking perfect fits that bill perfectly yeah spirit Mm -hmm. island's like hey do you want to play this character no i don't know how it works but you'll figure it out <laughs> good luck hey the uh, good news is we randomly assigned you a character and it's rated high complexity oh, high complexity yeah. yeah i don't know how to play it i've never played that one uh dan elder sign one to ten and not using the number seven how many cthulhu tentacles would i give it uh, I would give it an eight also. I actually really enjoyed this. I really like the art. It's kind of like understated a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. that 1950s Cthulhu style. Right. Yeah, very pulpy. Yeah. yeah. Like weird fiction style. Absolutely. And it, yeah. it worked. I mean, it worked perfect because that's what Cthulhu is all about. Mm-hmm. And again, the game's great. It's easy to play. It's smooth. There was never any like big questions that weren't answered really quick. Also, the rule book, pretty good. Yeah. Stupid book. insert, though. Well, yeah, it's well, fantasy flight. Fantasy <laughs> flight. I mean, that's all I have to say about I've that. I've never met a fantasy flight insert I didn't think was completely useless. Yeah. I've never met a fantasy flight insert I didn't immediately throw away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elder Sign, 1 to 10, not using 7. How many Cthulhu tentacles would you give this game? Mark. Sweep it. Give me an 8. 8, baby. Put those Cross 8 the board. gross mucusy tentacles all oh. over me. Mm, mm. They're mucusy? I thought they were like slick, like I've, a snake. Well, I've never touched an Elder God. So. Yeah, I can only imagine it's all mucus and brimstone. Not me. I think it's like a stone. Yeah, this game was a lot of fun uh super light uh is a ton of good times um love the flavor like, yeah if you're if you are like into cosmic horror in general that's what this is called i like to have a locally sourced horror <laughs> like what? 
I like my uh, horror farm to table. Yeah, the, the thing about farm cosmic to brain. The thing about cosmic horror is that you don't really exactly know what's going on on the fields when it's being yeah. grown. I can't just wrap my head around the just pure scope of galactic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so a ton of flavor like if you're into cosmic horror if you like lovecraft in general or mm-hmm. i guess specifically um this got a lot of good stuff in there yeah some of the monsters didn't make sense like there's mummies and stuff but like you're whatever. in a museum okay <laughs> yeah and it's night and who it's could forget <laughs> who could forget those, those noted uh lovecraft antagonists the vampires yeah. Yeah, the, oh, vampire. <laughs> and that's also a big thing for me if you get eliminated you just come back as a new character there's no, yeah. like the only punishment is the elder god got a little stronger but that makes sense. He just devoured you. Yeah, so. but mm-hmm. also I'm probably going to make him stronger by failing this next task anyway. So. Yeah, I'm going to choose poorly <laughs> on what task I'm going to do, and then I'm going to fail it, and we're all going to get eaten. So, yep, in your faces. In your faces with the tentacles and the, the, <laughs> and the brain tentacles devouring and the worms. worms. Thirdly, but not lastly, that's how we talk now, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, fate... Of the Elder God. Oh, what was the fate of the Elder God? He devours everything, I assume. Yeah, because the only goal in this is to summon an Elder God, and somebody always does. Or no. Somebody... No, actually, the kid, no no Elder God got summoned. Yeah, Mark's Elder God got summoned no, because no, we all no. got No, killed. Mark won the game, yeah, but the investigators what... ended it, meaning no God actually got summoned. And I, didn't win just... the, I ended the game at zero. I think Candy and Amber... Oh, that's yeah. right. Candy and Amber won. Won with game. two points. <laughs> yeah. They did win with two points. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. devastating. So this, it was very, <laughs> so very insulting. Uh, so I actually kickstarted this game forever ago, and it just looked like a lot of fun. Turns out it was. The crux of this game... <laughs> Game is that you are Hard you, you are a cult each of you is trying to summon your own individual elder god so like as, a young horse yes uh, a like cult? a like a football team so <laughs> excellent excellent joke dave well done david we're so proud of you we random drew our elder god obviously why wouldn't i so i was cthulhu yeah mm-hmm. amber and candy were some bald ice god yeah, yeah they were the um aqua sure. they were the windigo i don't know he looked like a viking mark was a salamander i was mm-hmm. a salamander whose yeah. name i didn't recognize it must be like non-canon and i whatever. was uh old lady on uh throne you were haster sure. an old man on the, throne. the king in yellow <laughs> that seems right each of you is running your own cult, and you are trying to summon your elder god. And there's two ways this game ends. Either the investigators <laughs> stop all of you from summoning your as elder god. As far gods. as I'm concerned, there's one way this game <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the investigators stop one of you from summoning your elder gods, then that player is quote-unquote eliminated, but like the game ends. So that player loses regardless of how much how far they got towards summoning their their (laughs) and that far was one yeah (laughs) don't worry you were losing anyway yeah (laughs) not by much though because they i think they had two or three uh they had two or three we were tied at one Mm -hmm. (laughs) mark had was way behind in zero yeah 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 yeah. what an idiot i spent the whole day just cursing people and that was kind of it that was my whole shtick yeah the way this game is played every round you're playing a spell card from your hand and you'll play it for the symbol on the back the sigil that is on the back of the card you'll play it down onto this circular mat above the mat um, the game board and then you will move this gorgeous Cthulhu like mini Mm -hmm. to a different spot on the map huge huge massive huge huge. you'll just go ahead and take whatever that action is if you have control over that location then you can take an additional more powerful action but in our experience, you 90% of the time take the normal action. <laughs> and then every now and then you yeah. get to do the special You get one. to roll a dice. If you if somebody doesn't have 
three guys there, mm-hmm. then you just and and majority and majority, and mm-hmm. then you just roll to see, and then that roll is wasted because <laughs> you, <just laughs> you never do the you normal never, action. You never win it in our experience. So you do the action. The actual like rules explanation is overwhelming. Like it's a weird game. So <sighs> when you first pulled it out and started explaining this game, and even in the first round, I was like, "This game sucks." <laughs> like I <laughs> yeah. was not enjoying it. Then it like ramped up and it turned great. Yeah, it we- is hard to describe because it does a number of things that are unique to this game, mm. which makes it harder to teach. But once you get it, honestly, it all worked. Yeah. Like it all worked really well. And it also everyone has reference cards like that mm-hmm. detail what happens at every location and so it just it takes a good two or three rounds to wrap your head around how this game functions and then you very quickly realize this is actually pretty simple yeah yeah the first round nothing really happens anyway because people are going like their own way yeah. but once you start getting a ton of dudes in spots then the game starts ramping up because people are using abilities mm-hmm. plus the more cards you have there the better spells you can use mm-hmm. and it's just it ramps up and it gets way more exciting oh yeah, yeah especially and once the investigators come into play too oh like, yeah oops, oh, and then boy. they start <laughs> yeah. raiding your cult they just start raiding my cult yeah. over and over and over <laughs> well, the game is well designed like mm-hmm. it all works it is very hard to describe on a podcast without pointing at things but it's like a giant circular board with different locations and each location has its own action where it shines is the curses oh it's so yeah. smart so you can sometimes you'll just get cursed on your turn because i don't know you did something yeah because you decided to roll a dice poorly mm-hmm. yeah. and more <laughs> more likely though someone else cast a spell or yeah. did a thing that cursed you mm-hmm. and when you get cursed you know that you're cursed We've told you that you're cursed, and we've picked a curse card, and we've handed it to a player next to you. Not to you, Mm -hmm. to a player next to you. And then they silently read a condition at which this curse will be triggered. And then every turn you have in the future, you're sitting there, like, (laughs) tentatively doing something, and then looking over at this player, like, did it happen? Did I get cursed? Yeah, and the curse card's, like, dependent on what you do during Mm -hmm. your turn. So it could be, Mm -hmm. like, if you play a spell, like, your curse fires. Or if you move to a certain location, mm -hmm. your curse fires. If you Mm -hmm. get three dudes from the void back, your Your curse curse fires. fires. And it's, like, you'll never know. Until it happens. And you, like, (laughs) almost want to play it safe, but what is safe? Because you don't know You honestly have no idea. Well, and you got to do something yeah, you, like have you gotta to head towards something i gotta get this god up here and eat in the world because <laughs> somehow this is good benefits me yeah in a way. so we're all mad here yeah. the <laughs> fact that as other players though you have multiple things going on a you're looking through your hand you're looking around the locations you're trying to figure out what you'll do on your next turn mm. and then b you're watching all the curses you have in your hand that are for other players just waiting for them to trigger them yeah. Because of all of that, even downtime doesn't feel that down. Mm-hmm. And turns are pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Once you get going, yeah. turns become very quick. Yeah. In the beginning, when you're trying to teach, like this game does have a weirdly tough learning curve. But the second you're into it, the second you go through a couple rounds, it is not as complex as it seems to be. And you feel involved in other players' turns. Mm-hmm. It ends up being a lot of fun. The look of this game is great. Uh, you mm. can check out our Instagram account. We have some photos up there. I assume maybe. <laughs> I don't. You know, I say these things. I don't actually know. I don't really remember. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I know, you, I know you took pictures. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it will have <laughs> works. <some pictures. laughs> You'd be like, whoa. But like, this game is very visually striking. Yeah. Uh, the Colts. The three of the four Colts are vibrant colors that are very easy to see. Yeah. And this then, is like the one misstep I'd say. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, it was the, the weird. Fact that the 
mine was like a dark hunter shade of green. Yeah, it didn't fit with the vibrancy of the rest. And I gotta of the say, cults. I think it gave me a small edge because people just couldn't see them. Yeah, I forgot they, <laughs> they were there. They didn't see, the camouflage <laughs> works again <laughs> every time. Every time the camouflage. <laughs> you say it gave you an edge, <laughs> but I recall you being in fourth of four. I didn't say I that I used game, the so edge I, well. <laughs> oh, that's right. The, I was fourth of four yeah, because uh, my, I got raided several times. The over investigators permanently sealed your god away. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't <laughs> do it so hot. Yeah, I, I made some a couple of mistakes because I didn't understand a card, and I like, oh, I'll play, I'll show those girls, and I like curse them, and then I thought it got rid of my investigators, but it didn't, and then they just kept adding investigators. <laughs> and like, oh no, it was very vindictive. Yeah, they're the, they're the worst. They're yeah. rude. Our wives playing on the same team, which is apparently their new favorite thing. They won a lot doing. I it. I have to say, a they keep killing us. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and B, this means we can play a lot more four-player games, actually, which that's a ton of games, <laughs> yeah. so like, I'm yeah. not against this. They just play together, and they discuss everything, and then we lose at it. And we're <laughs> yeah. like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, they, we, we they, three play, and they dominate. <laughs> yeah, it'd be real sharks at Campaign Trail. Oh, they well, uh, I'm yeah. well dumb to play Campaign Trail yeah. by myself. I'm, I will run my campaign yeah. directly into the ground. <laughs> As I assume I would in a real-life yeah. campaign. I will what, lose horribly. What do you mean, zero electoral votes? <laughs> I didn't even win my home state. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've they've thrown me out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Fate of the Elder God is really good. I, mm-hmm. I actually really, and like I said, when you were first explaining it, and we that first round, I was like, nope, I hate it. I can't wait to just poo-poo on this game. Mm-hmm. And then it kept going. I was like, oh, no, wait, maybe this game's okay. And then as we went on, I was like, nope, this game's good. I like <laughs> yeah. this game. Yeah. I hate it. I, I hate, hate that it. I like it. Yeah. But dang it, this game's good. It's funny because it kind of sounds like you spend a lot of time just trying to raise your Elder God. And sure, that's probably a way you can play. I I feel like that's probably what we were supposed to be doing. Right, but we just spent most of our time just crapping on other people. (laughs) There's this one location you're supposed to be going to that can give you a lot of points toward raising your Elder God, and we ignored it. Yeah, I was busy Mm -hmm. trying to ruin other people's day. We turned this game into troll the rest of the cults. Yeah, yeah. And you know who the real winner was? The investigators. (laughs) Yeah. They 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 really cleaned up because we're stupid. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was shocked by how, like, this was the most trolley game we'd played since Terra Below, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Just, I, it's funny, because we don't play a lot of them. I remember, like, in early in my board gaming career... Like trolley games would bother me a lot, mm-hmm. and but now I I just don't care. Like if I'm having fun oh, and if yeah. something happens to me, I like laugh it off because I know I'm also going to do that <laughs> to somebody else. <laughs> right. And even how that game ended was hilarious because you got raided by the investigators, yeah. and you were like one thing from losing. So the investigators kept put these um, sigils on your elder yeah. god to try to mm-hmm. seal it away permanently. And so and if it did. gets to nine, then you lose. Right. And so Dan is like at seven or eight because he had just gotten raided by a ton of investigators. I'm the girls hounded you and i'm and like then, furiously trying to get rid of these things so then I he takes can't. he takes his turn and the first time he immediately moves the cthulhu to where he's gonna go and i was like dang it dan you're <laughs> yeah. cur- you My just curse fired pop. your curse man and that ended the game <laughs> and, that, and that was the thing so like in your cult tavern you have guys, but I was out of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so I have to get them back from the abyss. So uh, that <laughs> you, was my curse. Like, you, you yeah. Get, yeah. get them back from the abyss, you get investigated. And I have, like, just a pile of investigators, I assume, like, banging on my door. <laughs> but since all my guys weren't there, like, it didn't matter. Much like I assume all cults, um, you accomplish a lot of your tasks by sacrificing your own cult members. Yeah. To your yeah. <laughs> the investigators the were abyss. there to investigate us, but we're out buying matching Nikes. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
tracksuits, drinking that Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to die. Listen, I've read about Nexium. <laughs> uh, Mark, tell me more about Fate of the Elder God. Fate of the Elder Gods, published in 2017 by Greater Than Games. I love that, Greater Than Games. That's uh, Spirit mm-hmm. Island. Yeah, Spirit Island and Medium. Yep, they do good work over Didn't there. Didn't play Medium. Haven't played Medium yet. Heard it's good. Uh, designed by Christopher. <laughs> <Let's read> <laughs> <laughs> I give it uh, I give it a seven. I give it I give nine it... bendy spoons out of ten. No, nope, I give it a two. I don't okay. care for it. Ooh, That's fair. <laughs> Your opinions are trash. Agreed. Um, <laughs> so uh, designed by Christopher Kirkman. This was his first game. He also runs Dice Hate Me, hmm. uh, I believe a website. Uh, Richard Linnaeus, who did Arkham Horror and Elder Sign. Oh, oh okay. Right. Yep. Right uh, look at our last segment if you want more information about him. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl Lauder, who did Compounded and Bottom of the Ninth. Others uh, were your design baseball team. Game? I believe bottom of the ninth was a baseball game. I mean, what else could it be? Uh, and then the art team was a whole group of dudes. Lucas Durham, Chad Hoverter. Mm-hmm. Hoverter? That makes sense. Christopher Kirkman, Daryl Lauder, Nolan Nasser, Jorge Ramos, and that is it. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Let's rate Fate of the Elder God on how many how many investigators would you give Fate of the Elder God? One out of ten, not using the number seven. Can we, Dan, say, can we change this to uh, impractically dressed investigators? Yeah, they were well, all wearing short, short yeah, skirts. Yeah, these ladies They're, were letting it hang out. Every investigator, as it turns out, is an attractive female. Mm-hmm. No yep. wonder they're not in, interested in me, because I'm in a cult. <laughs> I don't know. They seem to be real interested <laughs> yeah. in your cult. Yeah, Mike. For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Inappropriately yeah. dressed yeah, investigators, Fate of the Elder God. Dan, what would you give Fate of the Elder, Elder God 1 to 10, not using the number 7? I'm going to give this an 8. I enjoyed this game. I was ready to give it a 5 after the uh, rules explanation and round 1, which is how we should rate all games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as it, <laughs> yep. I want to be 10 minutes in. Nine minutes of rules explanation, yeah. one minute one of minute gameplay, gameplay, snap judgment. Oh, I hate it. But I actually enjoyed this game a lot. Uh, I like the take that style of game now because uh, mm. I'm an adult and I can manage my emotions better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just a game. So it's really fun. It's a great looking game. Easy to learn after two rounds. <laughs> It's a rules explanation kind of a bear sometimes, especially with games like this, because there's so many things specific to this game. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it, I mean, it was really fun. I had a great time. Fate of the Elder God, 1 to 10, not using 7, inappropriately dressed investigators. Mark, what would you give this game? I'm going to give this game Uh-oh. a it's 9. Not, oh, I'm going to okay. give it a 9. Did that hurt? I no, no. I, was, I, was, I had to think about oh it. Oh, my gosh. I was like, Were you almost 10-ing this No, no, game? no. I wasn't close to 10-ing it. No, but I'll, I'll give it a 9. Game. Throw it away, Dave. Um, <laughs> This game's like super trolly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're not like into making grief for people, yeah, if you also, you're not going to enjoy if it. If you're like a little sensitive to things going not going yeah. your way, like this I mean, may not I literally good. didn't score a single point the whole game. So. Yeah, I scored one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's not like I was yeah. killing it. Yep. Yeah. Dave and I were tied with one. <laughs> I put out. I kept trying to put out spells, and then I kept getting cursed every single time. Yeah. And, and it was kind of funny. Um. <laughs> so a lot of it. A lot of what you you can do is often dictated by where the Cthulhu figure just moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so you kind of have to hope that you and the person you're sitting next to don't have the same plan, which is a shame because me and Candy and Amber had Camber. the same plan. <laughs> Camber? Constantly. Camber. Yeah. Camber <laughs> and I had the same plan constantly. Or Andy? Yeah. Andy doesn't work. It has to be Camber. <laughs> that one's weird, right? <laughs> it's an actual boy's name. Yeah. And someone we know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, I loved the art. Even just the board pieces were pretty great. The only misfire as far as the art was concerned was the fact that all the cults should have been bright. Yeah. Yeah, three yeah. of four are very bright and wonderful, and then one is <laughs> like weird dark, dark green. green. Yeah, like the, even if they so made weird. it like a lime green, that would have been pretty great. Yeah, actually, but. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Like terrible Something 1990s lime green. It doesn't yeah. make any sense that three are bright and one is like, oh, we ran out of ink in the exactly. yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah, I liked it. Nine. I liked it quite a bit. Give me a nine. Zing. Uh, Fate of the Elder Gods, one to ten, not using seven uh, inappropriately dressed investigators. Dave, what would you <laughs> give Fate of the Elder God? I also give this game a solid nine. This game Bam. was a lot of fun. Uh, the worst part of this game was having to teach you Dum Dums the rules. By that's far. That's the worst that's, part of every game. I was going <laughs> to say, that's, that's not a... I was about to say, so normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We all are not the greatest rules listeners. I like to talk. That's my talking time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like when someone else is trying to teach you rules is Dan's talking time. Yeah, yeah. when someone is explaining me the rules, that's when I want to have my conversation with Mark. Yeah, yeah it was that's social. When Dan wa- that's when Dan wants to translate everything I say into Spanish on Google. <laughs> that's true. That's what yeah, is exactly yeah. happening. Yeah, Gato Morado. Right? Gato Morado, purple cat. Purple cat. And then you start playing the game and he's like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, well, you didn't pay attention to most of the rules. But I know how to say purple cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say net positive. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. I'm better we, for it. We all do it to each other. Like, yeah, I am no better when yeah. listening to rules. But like once you got past that and we actually got into the game, that game is just good and fun. Like, I cannot wait to play it again. And that mm. is always the mark of a good game. Yeah, that game was better than I thought it was going to be for sure. I had mm. no opinion of it when you brought it over. And then I had a low opinion of it in the beginning. <laughs> and then a medium and then a high opinion. Yeah, it was a real roller coaster for you. Oh my gosh, well, that's my life, baby. There's a, <laughs> yeah, there's a Monsters expansion that adds monsters to the game. Yeah, I'm into it. Oh, <laughs> we, how aptly named. I'm into we, it. We haven't tried it yet, but uh, I'm really looking forward to trying yeah, it. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. play it. Give me more. Uh, so that is our Halloween episode for games. But... Fear not. Fear not. Episode is not over. We have our topic, and tonight, another BGBGH. <laughs> you think I can get that to catch on? <laughs> no. Probably not. Sure, uh, well, because I'm going to do guy, it too. Bad guys of board game history. Yeah. So this is uh, four in the series? This is, I believe, yeah, number four. Yeah. Four in the series of mm-hmm. BGBGH. So... Gentlemen, let's it's so talk. Wor- it's so like it's no, harder it, to say. It does not roll off the tongue. No, the, it's harder to say than just saying bad guys of board game history. The BGBGH. Yeah, BGBGH. Yeah. It sounds like if you are making a, a third party unlicensed Star Wars droid. Oh, yeah. BGBGH. <laughs> BGBGH. <laughs> he's just got a real surly attitude. Yeah, and he just cleans toilets. He's yeah. Just, he's like, <laughs> oh, these humans with their waste. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, BGBGH. Oh, uh, you're such a character. <laughs> so tonight, gentlemen, we are talking about one of the most influential horror writers of all time. Yep, Dick Tracy. That's the one. How'd you know? That's so weird. Is it R.L. Stein? It is. <laughs> that would make very little sense given the Cthulhu-themed episode. <laughs> given, yeah. given the Lovecraftian is through line. Is this a Stephen King throwback? <laughs> no. And we are talking about the man, the myth, the very racist legend. <laughs> Howard Phillips Lovecraft. Oh, man. That's what HP stands for. HP, yep. Howard Phillips. Hmm. That Mm -hmm. is uh, not what I was expecting. I don't know what I expected, though. Something darker. I guess. Hank Pythagorean Lovecraft. No, I expected him to be the the Megacorp Hewlett Packard. Oh, Hewlett Packard. Yeah, that's right. We do have some... (laughs) 
So we do have some really excellent names in this story, is what I'll say. So even if you're a little Better underwhelmed than Hewlett by Packard Lovecraft, yes. Even if you're a little disappointed by Hewlett Packard Lovecraft, I'm not. Disappointed you are going by to that. be getting some fun names. That's I'm encouraged better, by that. Yeah, that's better than his real name. So what do you guys know about H.P. Lovecraft? Cthulhu. Said, yeah, I've said all that I know about him at some point in this episode. Yeah, I can't even give you a timeline of when he was alive. I oh as- man, I assume like the 1920s. I, that's what I'm thinking, like early 1900s. But that could be wrong. Well, because it seems like all of his settings are like the 20s to the 40s and 50s. Well, that, that means he didn't die before that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going for. Yeah. So he mm-hmm. he survived, I would say, till at least the 60s, and then maybe was He's dead. dead, right? He is dead. Okay. He is quite yeah, dead. But did he die in like, you know... 99? Also in his 40s? Like, I don't know. I know nothing about that's him. That's true. I don't know anything about it. I know Cthulhu, because I'm not super interested in Cthulhu. Yeah, so. it's not, it, this is distinctly not you guys' bag. Yeah, we made yeah. it very clear that I prefer locally sourced horror yeah not yeah. cosmic horror. yeah you prefer hyper localized <laughs> yeah. i mean you're more of a stephen king like i just write about the state you're I, from i don't like any horror if to be delaware clear. had a stephen king <laughs> yeah in the in the interest of uh like disclosure like hp lovecraft happens to be one of my favorite writers like you're off the show i know i'm off the show i was very problematic <laughs> your political stances suddenly make a lot of sense Mark. <laughs> oh god <laughs> I say that having Mark be the dead opposite of all political stances he would take. I would hope so at this point. Yikes. I would assume that my uh, my thoughts about Marvin Glass would have made it very clear <laughs> where I stand about a lot of issues. All right. So in uh, 1890, August 20th, H.P. Lovecraft was born. 1890. 1890. Okay. So yeah, alive during the 20s, 30s, okay. 40s, 50s. Yep. Hopefully. He was born in Providence, Rhode Island. Once he died in 1910. <laughs> that would Maybe make some of the he's... art in the games based on his literature confusing. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so popular. <laughs> right? Did he die in 1910? Uh, you'll find out when he dies. Okay. That's to be determined. Relax there, buddy. It's not to be determined. It's already been determined. <laughs> it's already determined. But I'm going to reveal it to you in the fullness of time. Okay. All right. His parents were Winfield Scott and Sarah Susan Lovecraft. I don't like any of these names. No? No. I mean, there's plenty. All right. Well, there's, there's a real winner here. I'm just- I I'm was just... hoping his dad would be like James Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's where it all came from. And then his mom's middle name was like Josh Kierkegaard or whatever that was. <laughs> Sound like a muffled Yogg-Sathoth? sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Yogg-Sakloth. Yep, his mom was like Susan uh, the Yellow King Warner. Yeah. <laughs> Susan. Haster. <laughs> I, I assume that his parents like had a lot of colds as he grew up and then just made weird hacking noises and then he transliterated those down. Mm-hmm. But like he was in bed like trying to sleep and his parents are like yeah. and he's like oh no. He's like, oh no. He's like what elder is, god. What a strange onomatopoeia that is. <laughs> yeah. I immediately write this down. <laughs> so you're not wrong Dave. His parents actually did spend much time sick just not physically sick. Oh are they mentally ill folks? Mm, we had some mental illness in the Lovecraft oh, no. family. That That's... makes sense given what he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> so, his dad was Same a. People don't write like this. <laughs> his dad was a traveling salesman. So, he did, like for the first like early years of Lovecraft's life, his dad wasn't really around much. Do we know what he sold? That would um, help me. Uh, yeah, like no. What, did he sell like he vacuum cleaners or did he sell like the cotton gin? Why well, yes, was he Dave, selling Encyclopedia in... Britannica? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know what he sold to be honest. None of the research kind of mentioned. Was he a snake oil salesman? I'd be sales. great if he was. No, he was a Yogg-Sothoth oil salesman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you need this uh, tonic to keep the elder gods away? <laughs> I got you, got you covered right here, buddy. Just twelve dollars per sigil. 
<laughs> so when Lovecraft was three, his father suffered a nervous breakdown in Chicago and got committed to an asylum for five years. Five years? Five years. That's a long asylum visit. Well, the reason it didn't last long any enough. longer is because he died. <laughs> he died wow. in the asylum. Yeah. Did he, like, kill someone? No, he just had, like, a nervous breakdown. Back then, those asylums were no joke, though. Yeah. No, it was they, not they, a they, good yeah. experience. It was definitely, like... They weren't certainly not trying to get people better. No, we were going to just shock them or lobotomize them. Yeah, right. you live here now, because... So, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> his father spends five years in uh, this hospital called Butler Hospital in Chicago, and he eventually dies of neurosyphilis. Oh, so, bummer. <laughs> lovely. Yeah. I guess he got around a little bit in those- uh, Well, he's a travel salesman. Traveling salesman. <laughs> what was he selling? Neurosyphilis. <laughs> <laughs> After his dad died, raising Lovecraft became a family affair. Uh, his mother, uh, he lived with his mother, his two aunts, and his Wait, grandfather. his last name was Lovecraft? Mm -hmm. His real last name? Real last name. Yeah. Lovecraft, yeah. Good for him. Uh, he, cool last name. he basically moved in with his family. Uh, they all lived in his grandfather's home, He was who was a prominent industrious, ready for this, named Whipple Van Buren Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> that is <That's> fantastic. <laughs> Excellent That's name, good. right? Whipple. Uh, Whipple. That dude, like, definitely created the Whippet. <laughs> That's what I've decided. Like, he invented compressed cans of whipped cream for one reason. <laughs> yes, come here, come here. No, no. <laughs> He's just in the the real life icebox getting like getting loaded yeah. on the whipped cream. I call it the Whipplet. <laughs> his grandfather played a huge part in his education. His grandfather, oh. a learned man, oh, okay. said, "Hey, I want this kid to be like nice and bright." Lovecraft himself Oops. was super smart. He was uh, intelligent. He could recite poetry by two and by three. Oh, what a weird life! Uh, I can't do that now. Right? <laughs> I can't do that exactly. by thirty-four. <laughs> by three, he could read. Oh, and then he started writing by age six or seven really gifted as far as like just with the written word hmm. um makes sense yeah for sure his earliest fascination was with the book arabian nights great game yeah, <laughs> yeah. fantastic game also that makes a lot of sense because arabian nights is just a massive series of short stories mm -hmm. in reality so like that makes a lot of sense given what he wrote yeah he liked it so much he adopted the pen name abdul al hazred so for the first initial like run of stories he, really he wrote out. under an arab name he could have been sinbad lovecraft sinbad. No. He and instead no. he went aah lovecraft a -A been, which is no Hewlett Packard Lovecraft. Ah, Lovecraft. <laughs> he could have been. He could have been Alibaba and the Forty Thieves Lovecraft. But no, <laughs> he's got to go. Ah, Lovecraft. Ah. Remember that show, Ah, Real Monsters? I do remember, I that, remember that show. I remember that show. It was great. I remember Halloween. watching Ickis yeah. and Crumb. That one held his eyes. Yeah. Yep, Crumb. Good stuff. He had the hairy armpits. I felt seen. Yeah. <laughs> that show was too scary for me. I'm not surprised, coward. Anyway. <laughs> Agreed. You will never get what arguments. Was the, um, what, was the, what was the candy cane monster? I don't really remember that much other than the guy that holds his eyeballs. Yeah. I, I would watch it again. Oh, would I, though? I don't know. That might be good. Some yeah. of that stuff doesn't stand up. Yeah, they're bringing all that old stuff back. <laughs> Dave sent us that link for the Sweet. Animaniacs, and I was like, mm, that's all right. Oh, you don't, I love so the Animaniacs. Excited. I do, too, so but excited. like, I don't know if I need that's it in my life as State I'm a 34-year-old. Yeah, also how I learned State Capitals. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. All also, right. the country song needs a real update. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A lot sure. of those countries don't exist anymore, and there's a bunch of new ones. I'm sure that that will be covered oh, on the show. I, I, can't, I can't believe Wonderful. that, that would, they would just leave that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So uh, he basically left behind the uh, pen name when he discovered Greek mythology. Oh, man. He's just going through all the mythologies. Yeah. Huh? This is all like because of his grandfather just insisting that he had a classical yep. education. And then he became Hermes Lovecraft. Hermes Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of calling him Hermes. Nah, he'd go Aphrodite or something. He's already Lovecraft, so he'd stick in the love genre aphrodite maybe so his grandfather spent a lot of time telling him like scary stories and like a gothic theme so he'd, he'd sit down and he'd like 
Just Whipple. tell him oral stories. Grandpa Whipple. Grandpa Whipple. Yeah. Grandpa Whipple, he'd sit down, he'd grab a can of whipped cream <laughs> and a vanilla tobacco pipe. Come here, old pa- Pappy HP. Wh- Pappy Whipple. <laughs> Pappy Whipple. As a boy, uh, Lovecraft found himself often a lot of times lonely. Like, he didn't have a lot of friends. Um, he was pretty psychologically fraught, too. Where did it, Where was this all? Uh, this Chicago. is all in Providence, Rhode Island. Oh. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. When his dad died, he died in Chicago, which is... Well, he's traveling, yeah. being a salesman. Makes getting, sense. Yeah, getting, getting that syphilis. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> he spent a lot of time like just kind of suffering from like psychological maladies that people... He's like just a very anxious, high-strung child. Hmm. Again, a lot of this will make sense kind of like when you consider what he wrote about, which... Yeah. 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 In 1904, Grandpa Whipple died. Aww. And the family... Happy. I know. He, so Grandpa Whipple died, and the family was thrust into financial difficulties. What year was this? 1904. 1904. Okay. 1904. So he is currently 14 years old when his grandfather dies. Oh, man. He's the man in the house. Right? So they lost the family home and had oh. to, like, move across town to, like, a much smaller house. And it was a thing that Lovecraft, like, had a really hard time getting over because well, it was the only house he'd ever lived in. He should have stepped up. He should have not gone to the other side of the tracks. Yep. Oh, Lovecraft, oh. south side of the tracks. <laughs> Bad boy Lovecraft. <laughs> Rumblefish. <laughs> Rumblefish. <laughs> and then he got there, and then he met his friend Rabbit. Uh-huh. They, oh, man. Started, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, singing about Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, Mom's oh, yeah. spaghetti. And he, and then he was like, spaghetti. Spaghetti's like tentacles. Tentacles. Elder gods. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I just like eight mile of the elder yeah. gods. Yeah, you just eight miled yourself into the elder gods. Guys, I think I just figured out his past. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why Mark does research. All right, thanks like, for everybody for yeah, listening. Yeah, no, we're, we're all done. So at the age of 14, he's distraught, he's lost his home. He goes to the river one day and considers seriously like killing himself for just the first Just jumping time. in the river? Just jumping in the Terrible river and drowning way to do it. Is there a better way? Like yeah. if you're going to kill yourself, there's so many better ways than jumping in a river. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we're all in agreement. Yeah. Good. We're all in agreement. Good, now that we're in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> don't, please don't, don't kill yourself. Don't no. kill yourself at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so after he contemplated suicide, he said the only thing that kept him from not doing it was just thinking about how much he loved learning about the world. Okay. So he went back to school uh, until the age of 18 where he suffered a mental breakdown. Oh no. Neurosyphilis strikes again. Neurosyphilis. <laughs> no, you get that being a traveling salesman. Neurosyphilis doesn't come to you, Dan. Yeah. You go to neurosyphilis. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up, you wait till someone brings it to your door. <laughs> so he ended up leaving school and basically never went back, never graduated. Oh no. And it was a thing that, shamed him to the end of his days like he was always embarrassed that he never finished high school there was no ged back then no ged yeah Bummer. couldn't go to college he was very embarrassed about that i feel like you could have faked a diploma to go to college i back think then. so back then especially with you if you had his connections probably like his connections well Grandpa, by the well, end grandpa whipple life. probably died you know he probably knew people around town he should have got pappy whipple's diploma and what? became pappy whipple pappy, whipple, pappy did, whipple didn't know enough people I to keep his pappy house. whipple <laughs> <laughs> So while recovering, uh, Lovecraft basically became a hermit. He didn't leave the house. He only focused on writing poetry and studying astronomy. This is how he was going to get through his life. And he studied astronomy, not astrology. Yeah, astronomy. Those are two drastically okay. different yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Well, he, I do love when people get them mixed up, though. Yeah, yes. they're very different. One is a scientific <laughs> endeavor. Yeah, so Lovecraft... The made up. Lovecraft loves science. Like, he loves space. He loved... He, like, had this whole deal where, it, like, for a while in school, he was publishing astronomy, like, magazine periodical. Would you say really? his two favorite things were space and spaghetti? Space and spaghetti. 
<laughs> which made all the sense in the world if you really think about where his art eventually took him. He really did, though. <laughs> During this time, as a young man, he developed a really unhealthy, dependent relationship with his mother. Ew. Yeah. Is it from reading yeah, those ew. Greek stories? Yeah. yeah. Well, I recall. <laughs> I'm thinking of an Oedipal, Oedipal story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so it wasn't anything like that. It was just okay, like, well, that's he, good. he basically like put such I a... Because had neurosyphilis. Yeah. <laughs> He kind of made her like the center of his world. Mm. And whereas her relationship with him was very much in the love hate vein. Oh, wow. Yeah. She like she would yell at him. She would degrade him. But then she'd talk about like to other people about what an intelligent person. He oh, was. that's good. That's had, exactly the way you want to do it. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. assume that's how all good parents raise their children. Yeah. You mm. don't ever tell them they're doing good, but you tell everyone else. how. Yeah. Good and, and they don't really, really know why. <laughs> like the only the only thing that a lot of people thought was like a lot of the scholars who study Lovecraft are like, well, it's just she never really got over her husband dying. Yeah. She was just kind of like constantly lashing out at the world and huh. just poor HP caught the, the bulk of it most of the time, it seems like. But so anyway, in adulthood, uh, he became enamored with pulp and weird fiction. And Makes uh, sense. Yeah. yeah, so he he that, so he created his own. Yeah, <laughs> he had loved that stuff like when his grandfather was alive. That's oh, like Happy Whipple and him. Yeah, Would Happy read. Whipple like basically introduced him into like all this weird like yeah noir detective like, nonsense yeah kind of like um the great god pan was like one of his favorite mm. one of his favorite short stories <laughs> he would write into these like magazines as a letter writer and he ended up getting into a huge debate with one of the most famous writers of the time who would write like romance stories like not lowercase r <laughs> Love Not stories. Not like the paperbacks you pick up at the gas station. Yeah, my, my with grandma Fabio would read. Yeah, on the front. Fabio. Yeah, but more like romantic style stories where it was like very lush descriptions and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> what he would do is he would write the letters in epic verse in the style of the Iliad, and then oh, he would. Oh, that's fun. And then he would make fun of the other writers in verse. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, it was like this guy had a lot of free time. Yeah, no wonder they yeah. lost yeah. his well, house. You know, he didn't leave the house. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that's true. yeah, he, he was would, like the. Uh, Troll before internet trolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is back in the day where you had to work at it. Yeah, you had to work. You had to mail that thing if you wanted to talk bad on those people. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. sit on your smartphone while taking a dump and troll people. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to sit you gotta, at a desk with an ink and quill. You uh-huh. got to really aspire yeah. to be a troll. <laughs> you had to really work at it in order oh, to be a HP Lovecraft, original troll. OG troll. <laughs> so actually, this is like kind of what got him into the world of writing because uh, the people who were publishing these letters thought they were so funny and they were so well written that they were like, hey, we want you to like write for us yeah do you want to write something and he's like i have just the thing <laughs> right <laughs> and they're like what the hell is this space spaghetti yeah how what do you feel about mars and spaghetti <laughs> so he basically started on like one of the most productive periods of his life his mother had a nervous breakdown in 1919 man and uh would later be admitted to the same hospital that his father died in at. chicago in what's chicago. happening with his family wow. i don't there's know no, yeah. there's no cuckoo farms in rhode island no apparently not well yeah. i guess maybe they were happy with the care that he got in butler which is kind of <laughs> wild because he died but you know great but, care hard to like that yeah yeah, so she was admitted to Butler Hospital, and then two years later, she passed away. From um, neurosyphilis? No, I didn't say, say what so. she died, but I Guys, if I have syphilis. a nervous breakdown, you're going to Chicago, Do you know baby? where I'd like to not go? Nope. <laughs> Is it Butler know, Hospital in I Chicago? I know exactly <laughs> where you're going. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a great track record this place has. So when she died, uh, basically broke apart Lovecraft's entire world. Because again, he had like sort of made her the center of his life, mm. and he just didn't know how to cope with any of it. 
Uh, a few weeks after she died, though, he was able to like get himself together enough to attend a journalism convention in Boston. So they're living in Rhode Island? This guy's huh? all over the place. Yeah, this guy travels a lot throughout the course Despite of his life. Despite travel being so hard back then. Yeah. <laughs> really he, all over. He, he gets around. While he was there at the convention, he met a woman named Sonia Haft Green. Haft? H-A-F-T. Yes. Yeah, she's not Haft. a quarter green. She's a Haft Green. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, so I regret, I regret I, nothing. I actually like that one a little yeah, it was, bit. It was pretty good. I'm, I only <laughs> okay. told him to shut up, just gotta have yeah. it. But yeah, that was okay. <laughs> you know, game recognizes game. Well, well done, Dave. He meets this woman named Sonia Green. She's a, a Russian Jew who had immigrated to the U.S. She's the complete opposite of Lovecraft in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Whereas he's kind of like sullen and introverted. She's like more outgoing and warm and sunny. And they basically met and they hit it off immediately. Oh, yeah, like good friends and then eventually they would get married oh that's nice yeah so hp lovecraft gets married travels to new york and attempts to begin to make a life there surprised he didn't go to chicago (laughs) yeah it doesn't seem like that's the focal (laughs) point here so they moved to new york he was writing and editing at the time Mm -hmm. so he was bringing in money that way and then she was running a successful hat shop oh Oh, go for her fifth avenue of all places yeah right (laughs) they lived above the shop and then she would work on the hats and then he would write and edit during the day uh, kind of the closest he ever got to like having a normal life. She started lids. Yeah, she did. <laughs> exactly. She started lids. I like I was, the idea of her getting those like real flat brims too. Well, like I was she trying was, to think. I was like, hat shots aren't a thing anymore. I was like, I guess not, they are. Yeah, they are lids. Technically but, yeah. lids, but that's yeah. the only hat shop I know. I only own joke hats. Okay. Oh, I own hats. I own hats too. I have like a really fun 302 hat. I own some hats, especially for um, if I'm going golfing or something. I What's like a joke hat? Like I own a cheese head for the Green Bay no, Packers. No, he said and I, own, I a- own Joe Cats. Oh, Joe Cats <laughs> hats. Yeah. Okay. Joe that makes so much more sense. Hats. Who could forget Joe Joe Cat? Yeah. All the he's like famous kind of, 30s comedian he's Joe He's kind Cat. of rough looking and he's always smoking a cigarette. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was the 30s. It was yeah. a rough time. Knock off Joe Camel. <laughs> Joe Cat. Joe Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. So anyway, good. uh, I know what Dave's into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like much of Lovecraft's life, it wasn't happy for very long. Uh, The shop went bankrupt when Sonia's health suddenly failed. Oh my gosh! Did they send her to Chicago? No, but she was also admitted to an asylum. (laughs) (laughs) I I think this is one of those. If it happens once, it's their fault. Yeah. Happens three times. Maybe it's maybe maybe it's a Lovecraft thing. (laughs) Maybe everyone's like ah Lovecraft. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're doing it to us. So Lovecraft like turned down an editor's position with like uh, the weird fiction magazine. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, we want you to head up this new branch that we're putting out. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. He's I'm like, I can't. My wife went cuckoo for cocoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she was admitted to a, a sanitarium, I believe, in New Jersey. Oh. After she gets into the asylum, he tries to move closer to her. <laughs> After she gets in. Like, <laughs> like, like she showed up. She's like, yeah. I got my coops. I got she my apl- coops. She applied to it. And then, yeah. oh, they got they accepted oh, me. Oh, my God. They accepted me. This is, I was really concerned about my GPA average, but she's turns like, out I'm good. She's yeah, running in with her acceptance letter from the mailbox. I thought yeah. I didn't have enough extracurriculars, but I guess I do. <laughs> so after she's accepted to the sanitarium, H.P. Lovecraft moves up there and he's like trying to find work, trying to find work. Oddly enough, like nobody wants to hire a 34 year old guy with no job experience. That's weird. Like that never. Is, that he's weird. been an editor yeah, and a writer. He was, I guess, looking for like a day laborer position oh. type stuff. Couldn't make it work. Uh, in 1925, Sonia is discharged from the asylum. And alive. She mo- alive. Hmm. Not dead. Not dead yet. You know New what? Jersey's the place to go. One at, yeah, one out of three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she gets a job offer in Cleveland. So she's like, oh. I'm going to Cleveland. And Lovecraft said, I don't really want to move to Cleveland. I'd rather stay on the East Coast. So you go to Cleveland. I'll stay in New York. 
we'll make it work. No. It's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> it doesn't seem like, like it. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. for sure, because I know nothing about him. Yeah. But I've already known, learned, I, learned so much. Yeah. If I was a betting man, this isn't going to work. So he moves to a place called Red Hook, Brooklyn in New York. Red Hook, Brooklyn? Red Hook, Brooklyn. It's it, like one of the bigger immigrant communities in the time. Hmm. What Did he move there because the Wi-Fi was better for their FaceTime conversations? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was really so weird how it all, you know, it was just like a couple days quicker to put from the post office to her. So <laughs> the telegrams went faster yeah. from there. So while he was there, uh, he lived in like a really rough slum, like super squalid neighborhood. Hmm. And this unfortunately like caused some of his worst thoughts about immigrant populations to be cemented into concrete. Excellent. Yeah. Good you would think that like living amongst other people different than you would give you like some sort of perspective, but not. Yeah. It goes one of two ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. This time of period um, basically gave him the inspiration to write a story called the horror at Red Hook. Oh, so like it kind of gives you an idea of kind of how he felt about all of this. Yeah, he wasn't enjoying it. His stories went from being like kind of like dreamlike and nostalgic to being like very misanthropic. Like he started really hating people. He had like he was very isolated. He wasn't really talking to anybody. He became pretty wildly depressed. Hmm. He was like just constantly surrounded with people he considered less than himself. So oh, that's a good outlook on life. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually he said, I, I have to get out of New York. I'm going back to Providence. And Sonia said, I'm going to stay in Cleveland. And he's like, that's cool, but I'm going to Providence. So divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So they ended up getting divorced and it was like really tough because Sonia was like one of the last people who ever made like Lovecraft happy. Yeah. He should have sucked it up and moved to Cleveland. Should have moved to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Cleveland Rocks, man. I don't know when it was founded, but I bet it wasn't a thing yet. Seeing as rock and roll, not really a thing yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with Dave. So basically he gets but to... But it's something to look forward to. <laughs> you should have moved there in anticipation. Yeah, yeah. In anticipation of a thing that you didn't know. Yeah, one day yeah, Michael anyway. Michael J. Fox is going to teach us how to play rock and roll, and yeah. it's going to be great. <laughs> um, so he basically moves back to Providence with nothing but a lot of debt and a simmering <laughs> hatred of anybody who isn't like super waspy, like the white mm. Anglo-Saxon Protestant mm. oh, good. does not have time for anybody who isn't that. Oh, great. Great outlook. So he spent his what time in Mitch. <laughs> I know. Super easy way to get a job too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. He spent a lot of his time in Providence, like traveling and examining sites around the Eastern seaboard. Uh, he traveled to like Quebec, uh, Philadelphia, Charleston. Mm. Like he really traveled a lot. Um, seeing Augustine and he like there, he get this money to travel. I was about to ask that. I don't know how, exactly he got them he he, I, I get the distinct feeling door like, to door to door selling neurosyphilis. Yeah. so when i say when i say moved back to providence he really moved in with his aunts oh, okay like so he was like kind of being supported by them and then he like would begin to write the most iconic stories of his career during this time period he wrote the call of cthulhu here he wrote the mountains of madness shadow out of time color out of space like all of his like super influential famous mm-hmm. stories how like, many of those do you read dave let me start the list okay let's go on <laughs> that's you and i are tied <laughs> we're yeah. tied yeah. <laughs> much like in the game yeah, much like in gods. the game fate of the we, elder gods we are tied we yep. ended tied <laughs> yep uh so he also during this time period formed the relationships with the group of people who would save his work after he would eventually die oh yeah his so. uh groupies yeah basically mm-hmm. like his he, cult yeah i was about to say he his was, cult members it was really weird because he's like a huge letter writer he loved writing letters almost as much as he just loved writing I, stories i feel like if you are wanting to talk to people during that time that is your option yeah. <laughs> right exactly so he had he would have like these huge correspondence 
performances with people like other writers and um i'm gonna start writing you guys letters dear that. dave how are you i am good <laughs> <laughs> games this saturday hope it arrives in time <laughs> right it you comes can... in sunday yeah. i'm like no dearest hubbard that's <laughs> how I... dearest dave i hope this letter finds you well <laughs> no i need it written in verse <laughs> yeah really fancy verse I'm not. Do, do do a really slow rap battle <laughs> So the last three years of Lovecraft's life were filled with hardship. Uh-oh. Foreshadowing. His favorite... <laughs> weird, because the rest of his life seemed really good. Yeah, it was like pretty much like easy street the whole, his whole life. So um, his favorite aunt died, and he was forced to move to another home. How which, did she die? Was uh, it died, in Chicago? I think she died of neurosyphilis. <laughs> neurosyphilis in Chicago? Yeah. Oh. She probably went crazy and died, you know. It makes sense. Typical Lovecraft, bad genes. But um, he moved in with his last surviving aunt. His health began to, men- his health began to fail. And um, his mental acuity began to slip and his stories became longer and longer and more complex mm. and they were harder to sell to the same like magazines who wanted something a little snappier, you know? Yeah. Well, they punchier. wanted short stories that you could put in a magazine that didn't want novels. Exactly. One of the final straws came when his good friend Robert E. Howard died and Howard Ron was Ron Howard? Guy- Robert, Robbie oh. Howard, <laughs> Opie, Happy Days, <laughs> yeah, Happy Days. Uh, Robert Howard was the guy who wrote Conan the Barbarian. Oh, hey, oh, and they were like, I know. They, yeah, they were like boys. Dave, have you ever seen Conan the Barbarian? I have seen one and two. Ooh, oh, nice. Dave and I are tied. Did you see? <laughs> did you? Uh, see? Did I see Arnold Schwarzenegger punch an actual live camel mm-hmm. on camera? Did yes, you I see did. Red Sonya? Of course I did. Yeah. What about you, Mark? You seen these? Oh yeah, I've seen them all, man. I liked <laughs> I liked Conan the Barbarian more than Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, agreed. It was kind of nonsense because it was better. <laughs> yeah, it's better. Um, so after Robert Howard died, uh, he had committed suicide. It left Lovecraft just kind of shaken again. Just awesome another... people to be friends with. Mm-hmm. I know. This whole group seems like real go-getters. So that same year, uh, he was diagnosed with intestinal cancer. Bummer. Yeah. So which explains why he kept losing weight. He was like getting worse and worse. Uh, he attempted to seek treatment options, but they told him it was already too late. By the time they realized he had it, it was already like in stage. Rough. Well then. Yeah. So he continued to work through all of the pain, you know, to varying degrees of success. Uh, he said he was going to like just try to finish one more story, mm-hmm. but he had to cut it short and enter a hospital. And, ni- and this was in 1937. And five days after he entered the hospital, he died. Oh, wow. That yeah. sucks. Um, he, was it in Chicago? No, no. I See, believe this was in Providence. Yeah. I might now believe that Chicago is where one goes to die. Well, yeah. that's where the elder We thought it was are. Florida, but it turns out it's Chicago. <laughs> that's where Cthulhu lives. Yeah. Chicago. <laughs> so, All of the cosmos he has access to. <laughs> so the thing about the Lovecraft is like he went to his grave thinking that he was a total and complete failure because he had never written a book. He had all of his stories just scattered, like in publications. He had like no legacy to offer to the world. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: I will die the same way. <laughs> wow! I will have no legacy to leave to the world. It's, this podcast is as close to any yeah, legacy as I'm going to have. Oh, bummer! So grim. <laughs> and that nearly happened. Like his work was nearly lost to time until um, two men that he had had a correspondence with, a man named August Derelith and Donald Wandry, collected his vast body of work, formed their own publishing company and then published it under the Arkham House imprint to basically give their good friend the book that he never had in life. So all his short stories went into one mm-hmm. book. All of his short stories went into one book and basically went on to become one of the most like influential horror fiction yeah. collections ever. Oh, yeah. like It, it spawned all of the games. <laughs> we yeah, played I mean, how that, many that's, games? That's what I was thinking because it's, it's odd. Like I've, I've obviously never read this book or any of the short stories. Just one book from whatever, the 1940s or whatever that is, 
spawned all of this today, like Cthulhu Wars, and like, of course, we talked about two of them tonight, Elder Sign, Fate mm-hmm. of the Elder God, Arkham Horror. Like, mm-hmm. there are a ton of these super famous yeah. games, and they, it's all spread from this one thing that I know that I know about. nothing about. One, yeah. yeah, like, it all it all kind of, like, comes from one tree. I mean, you look at guys like Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. He's a, you know, mm-hmm. famous movie director. He's so inspired by Lovecraft. He was trying to get At the Mountain's Madness, like, into a movie, but yeah. the, the funding kept falling through. You guys like Stephen King again? Never totally like you read the Dark Tower. That's all like very Lovecraftian inspired. Are you sure? Because I listened to that audiobook, and there are portions that were scary, but I liked Roland. So I have to say about that. Did you boy. watch? Did you oh, watch it was the good. movie? Oh, it was with good. Boy. Idris Elba. That oh, the movie was based on the comics, not the book. But I did watch it, and it was it was fun. It was had nothing to do with the books, but like it was a fun movie. Yeah, I disagree there, buddy. If you take it as not <laughs> not a thing based on the books, then it is a perfectly fine. movie. If I had yeah. never read the books or any of it, would I enjoy it? Yeah, Matthew McConaughey is in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you'd find it. It's not a great movie. It is a perfectly fine. It's a movie. C. Pl- it's a C movie. <laughs> I don't know. Dave said it's perfectly it's, fine. It is perfectly fine. If I had to rank this movie on a scale of one to ten, I would rank it adequate. You should take <laughs> movie Dave's... not good, not bad. Movie yeah. good. Movie, yeah. is, movie fine. is movie. Movie is fine. <laughs> movie is movie. <laughs> Basically, you guys kind of touched on a lot on his legacy. Like, he had the Cthulhu mythos. The thing that he's the most well-known for mm-hmm. is all these outer gods, gross tentacle monsters, that kind of stuff. But a lot of the other stuff he talked about, like the inherited madness and just fam- familiar taint, uh, where you had, like, just a tainted bloodline that was passed from father to son through generations. Like, he wrote a lot about that, too. Hmm. I mean, he was always— That makes was, a lot of sense, actually, given he, his family history. Yeah, he was constantly worried about being crazy. Well, it turns I mean, out he was. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, like, that's a very legitimate yeah. concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also um, just his interest in astronomy and like the unknowable as instruments of terror. Like, so he yeah. loved writing about the vastness of space and how you didn't really know what was out there. Mm-hmm. And like the unknowable stuff was the stuff that was the scariest to him. You can't really talk about his legacy without also addressing the rampant racism (laughs) (laughs) in all of his work. Yeah. A lot of conversation that goes into like modern day readers of Lovecraft about how you can't really excuse any of this because I mean, there were people that in his time that were fighting for equality for people, Mm -hmm. but he he is definitely a product of that time era and especially his upbringing where he was like, again, like a very waspy family. Right. You know, his grandfather, I can't imagine was super woke. <laughs> you mean old no, Whippet McGee? Yeah. Oh, oh Whipple yeah. Van Buren Lovecraft was yeah. not a super woke man. Happy Whipple? I don't, I can't, yeah. yeah, I can't see him being super accepting of a lot of different people. Yeah, <laughs> so you'll see a lot in his, in his work about the elevation of like white Anglo-Saxon men, oh, uh, men of um, reason and science, you know. The men of letters. That kind of kind stuff. Of thing. Exactly. Yeah. He had a weird appreciation for Hispanics and Catholic, uh, no, sorry, Hispanics and Jews. Because well, he, he thought his wife was Jewish. His wife was Jewish, and he thought that those were the most likely immigrants to assimilate into the white Anglo-Saxon culture. Oh, he's like the Borg. <laughs> hey, yeah, you're welcome, Dave. Star Trek. Resistance Star Trek. is futile. You will be the capitalist joke. pig. <laughs> right. He had a special distaste for both Catholics and considered blacks as subhuman. Oh, that's um, a poor attitude to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he also like didn't have a lot of other positive things to think about people who weren't white Anglo-Saxons. Hmm, that's uh, important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah it's, it's very terrible. bad. Yeah. He would often write about superstitious people and primitive cults as evil and bizarre. Like, yeah. So you would see passages in his work about like uh, black people dancing around a fire or yeah. whatever. It's very like ugh, yeah. racially insensitive and, and evil in a lot of <laughs> ways. A, 
crappy attitude. Yeah, yeah. He was like, again, he was not a good dude. And there, there are people who try to defend him and be like, oh, well, his 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 attitudes about race were changing. And I'm like, maybe, but like a lot of that stuff is kind of written in the last ten years of his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, so, how fast was it changing? <laughs> exactly. So like, if it isn't like, if it wasn't changing, then you can only go on the text of what you knew about him in letters. And he had like a, a really particularly egregious poem that he wrote called on the creation of the inwards. Oh, and it was at all. No, yeah, no tome. No, it seemed like he was changing. (laughs) So it's definitely a thing you have to grapple with quite a bit if you are a fan of Lovecraft. And I, you know, I, I myself feel guilty sometimes when I'm reading these stories because they're so, they're so bad. And yeah, don't be racist. Don't be racist. Don't be racist. I have never grappled with being a fan of Lovecraft. <laughs> That's true. Nor I. <laughs> yeah. Dan, we're tied. Yeah, Dave and I yet again tied. <laughs> so this all so this brings us back to the idea of Lovecraftian board games. It took us a little bit to get there. And the reason why I kind of like there's such a clear defining bridge between these two mm-hmm. where you have like Lovecraft, his legacy in horror and board games because you do have like a lot of these cults. And for the most part, like I'm thankful that most of the board games that are out there, they don't try to use the same tropes that oh, Lovecraft yeah. participated. I wouldn't in. play those board games. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like fate of the elder gods, your cult members are red and yellow and, and also a poor a, green, a poor color. green color. <laughs> yeah. And like orange or something like, yeah, you I, know, it has I nothing wanna, to do with race. I want to stick to like anomalous cults who are trying to raise elder gods. Yeah. Like that's the Cthulhu yeah, I want. That, that is t- what I need in my, yeah, Cthulhu. that's what I want to yeah. dance around with. I yeah. don't need like nonsense. Yeah, but, for sure. Like in, in even thinking through all of the different characters, that we've played in various Cthulhu games, it is not a racially diverse bunch. That's no, true. No, no. That's true. Like, it is white dudes predominantly and then the occasional white woman. Yeah, yeah. for or sure. Or Fate of the Elder Gods, inappropriately dressed white women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the figures are gray, but yeah. they're clearly, like, blonde white women. Yeah. yeah, so even, like, you still even see that, you're correct, Dave, like, that elevation of the mm-hmm. white Anglo-Saxon prototypical man of reason who's there to solve the mystery and save the world. So like, well, yeah. and that is actually just a very interesting thing to think about because sometimes I read an article uh, probably last year at some point talking about how there's a lack of diversity in board games. Sure. And so I was trying to think through like, well, what does that even mean? And I realized it's because I don't notice mm-hmm. because most of the board games we I'm play, rep- I'm fully I'm represented. represented. Yeah. I'm, a, yeah. I'm a white dude. I like, yeah. I am very represented in board games. And because I am, it is something I simply don't see. Right. I don't notice it at all. But if you actually take the time to think about it and I look through board games that actually have portrayals of human beings of various mm-hmm. races, mm-hmm. it is pretty much white sure. dudes. And like, I, absolutely. And I, and I think like the newer the game is, the better chance it is mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. has a more diverse uh, group of individuals. Which as is characters. awesome because it means unlike Lovecraft, we are getting better. <laughs> yeah. As, yeah. As hopefully yeah. As, a, as a culture. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. And of course, we always <laughs> random draw our characters, so it's we pick from a pile of characters. Oh, you yeah. get who you get. And uh, like, never once have I even like had the thought like I got a character. I'm like, oh no, I'm a woman. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Like, I, just, I'm this. Ca- what's the power of the character? Yeah, what? Yeah, Honestly, what can my a- character do? <laughs> that's really what I'm. Yeah, looking it's at. just. I mean, we should all strive to be more inclusive, right? In in not just board games, but in everything. I hope that's a sign moving forward that it 
represents more people. Like mm-hmm. you want to represent anything, like yeah. different cultures, yeah. different races, like for sure, any of that. Just I mean, like even just the recent influx of other games that are set about other cultures. Yeah, like that the flavor of the game is like, oh, let's say like Aztec or Mayan. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many games have we seen that are about? Aztec and Mayan culture, like yeah. way less than Greek gods. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like there's such a Westernized view of like board gaming that again, like Lovecraftian games, like really feed into. Like it yeah. would be kind of interesting to see, like, oh, let's let's think about like non North American, mm-hmm. like Lovecraftian style games. Like what would those be? Well, I think that's honestly why we enjoy certain games so very much. I think Arabian Nights is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know a ton about the yeah. lore, no, the, the gods, the heroes of, Middle of Eastern the Middle culture, Eastern cultures. Yeah. And so playing a game like that is so fascinating because here you're meeting the genie. And of course, we have what? The Disney, what very whitewashed genie, <laughs> yeah, who absolutely. is this happy-go-lucky genie who's out to help you. That's not even no, these Middle genies East don't want to help right. you. They like are out actively yeah. out trying to trick you those, and those get one freaks, over on you. Those afreets have everything in their brain that is to your detriment. Like yeah. no part of them wants to help you. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like if you took uh, Arabian Nights and put it in like Greek mythology, like I wouldn't enjoy as much. No, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't I know, know everything about it, but I know a lot about it. I wouldn't be as excited to like flip over and see something with Hercules. Like I, it's just it's fine. It's overdone yeah. to me. But like yeah, games like that. I would love to see like uh, like Norse gods or, mm-hmm. or things I know less about. Like it'd be awesome to play mm-hmm. those. So even like like certain like African god pantheons yeah, 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 are like absolutely. super interesting. I'd love to see more um, like India yeah, yeah. stuff too. Like I know almost nothing about the right. lore that is believed in places like India and Pakistan and all that. Like that is fun to start to see some of that stuff come about. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, like I think we've made this very clear at this point. I want anything that gets more people to play board games. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is it. Like, that is the end of it. Anything we can do to just get more people to sit around a table with each other, like six feet apart with masks, and play (laughs) board games. (laughs) Hopefully this ends soon. Yeah. Yeah. And then that can continue. But that's the thing. And you see, like, when we could go to Gen Con and and PAX Unplugged and, and places like that, that was always, like, topic of discussions. Like, how do you make board games more inclusive? Yeah. How do I get more of my friends to do this? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it and I get it. Like if board games aren't your thing, they're not your thing. Yeah, like whatever. Absolutely. Everybody's got their own, own thing. If someone's not feeling welcome or represented, like of course they're not going to come join and, mm-hmm. and take it up as a hobby. And like we said, like the more people that play, it only benefits me. Yeah. yeah. Like because I'm going to get more games. Mm-hmm. More <laughs> games get, will be made. More yeah. styles of games will be made. Absolutely. And we have more fun people to play them with. Like, absolutely. It is only a good... We're the dead opposite of hipsters. I want oh, yeah. everyone to know about the things that I like, oh, and yeah. I want them to like it too. I'll yeah. tell everybody, and I'll be snooty when you ask me if it's like Monopoly. But I also <laughs> want you. I also want you to play a game with me. Yeah, not Monopoly. To not be clear. Monopoly. So <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's basically everything I had for you. The only two other interesting things that I had about Lovecraft and board games mm-hmm. is that uh, when he was alive, Lovecraft hated games oh <laughs> well, in, that's in weird. your face yeah. just hated them yeah he thought they were a complete waste of time suck at oh. lovecraft yeah I wasted so... tons of times playing games yeah. based on your lore <laughs> that was pretty interesting <laughs> you know what now i feel like i'm like getting back at him every yeah, time we're yeah in for sure face lovecraft for sure and then so there's that whole question of course you have like the original call of cthulhu rpg is like if not the first it's one of the first like lovecraft games mm-hmm. And actually trademarked the Call of Cthulhu. So, like, oh. you can't really call anything Call of Cthulhu now because <laughs> uh, Chaosium, the company that does it, has been very litigious and they actually sued D&D 
about oh. one of their uh, modules being really a little too close. Yeah, a little too Cthulhu-y. Yeah. So hmm. the other thing that I thought was interesting too is why there's this huge, why there was suddenly this huge explosion of like Lovecraftian style board games, like after Arkham Horror and everything. Is yeah. one they were selling like really well, hmm. and then two in 2014, all of his works entered the public domain. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty funny. You know what? That makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. So even though, like, Lovecraft himself was, like, really generous with his work, like, he, he like, actively encouraged people to take his, like, mythos that he had created and then make their own stories from it. It was, like, probably one of the first, like, instances of fan fiction ever. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. Yeah. He was, like, very... He was... For as terrible as his racial attitudes were, he was, like, very generous with the worlds that he had built because hmm. he, like, was a... I, th- I really think he was a collaborative person, and he wanted people to, like, take his ideas and then make them better, make them more exciting. Right. And bring something extra to them. So he probably would have loved this whole deal where people took were able to take his work wholesale... And then make their own stuff on top of the foundation that he had made. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's it. That's, that's what I got for awesome. you. Hey, I loved it. Yeah, like H.P. Lovecraft, terrible racist, collaborative genius, and <laughs> super creepy guy. So another episode of BGBGH <laughs> in the books. I need some more bad guys. So if you guys know of any bad guys that you want to talk about, let me know. Yeah, bad guys of board game history. Mm-hmm. BGBGH, make that happen. Mm. Big game hunters. Big game hunters. Big game hunters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks for humoring me, guys. I love I love talking about HP Lovecraft. No, that's interesting. It's I super. It didn't make me want to read his work anymore. <laughs> no, because <laughs> no, no. I don't like scary things. Yeah. But yeah, but it is interesting. I, I don't even want to bring the book up because I can't remember the title of it. But I read it. It's like a, Apartment Fourteen or something like that. Okay. But it was like very Lovecraft inspired. It mm-hmm. was actually a really good book. I can't recommend it to you guys because I don't remember what it's called. But <laughs> excellent, excellent pod. Go. That's episode number thirty-seven in the books. Yeah, we did it. Yep, spooky, scary Halloween special. I'm shivering. <laughs> I didn't care for it. Now my nightmares will come now, real. <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna dream. But if I dream too hard, I'll then... become a six-sided nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll become a bad board game. So <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening so much. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know. Uh, randomdroppodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram. All the games that we play are actually up there. So if you, you could see those and see what we've been playing, uh, ask us questions there. If you want to talk to directly at us, and by us, I mean Mark, go to uh, Facebook and or Twitter, and he runs all that. Yeah. So just... go to Facebook. Go to the search bar. <laughs> type okay. in randomdroppod. I, I see what's happening. And, and I then it. you'll go right to Facebook, and Mark just spends not all day on there mm-hmm. waiting for someone to interact constantly with. waiting and he also does twitter sometimes yeah sometimes uh twitter is like my necronomicon i try not to spend too much time on it is that but, the book with the eyeball or the human skin yes Both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also uh since we're on the subject of creepy eyeballs and books mm. i'm gonna take another chance to really talk about our new podcast that we've released for the month of october random draw delaware by dark it's a special thing that i've been working on with dave uh, Dave's been editing all of my weird mouth noises out of it. <laughs> it's and, a lot of work. Shocking <laughs> amount of mouth noises. <laughs> and we, uh, I've been trying to tell like hyper local ghost stories about Delaware. And Which is I where think, we live. Yeah, we, we live in Delaware. <laughs> mentioned that. But some of, these ghost stories are like, say, some of these ghost stories are like super interesting. And if you're not interested in Delaware, then we are moving out of state for season two to Pennsylvania. Yeah, because it's a the big second state. state. Yeah, That's also so, a big state. Mm. Yeah, so if you guys, uh, if we have any listeners in Pennsylvania who have like creepy stories that they want to share with me, I would love to hear them uh, email at yep. the randomdrawpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And then also, one last thing please vote. 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah we, go uh, yeah. but not for racist Cthulhu. Just not for racist Cthulhu. <laughs> he's, but, mostly he's dead. Like if you wrote him in, like but, Lovecraft can't win. But we should say, despite who you are voting for, mm-hmm. go vote. Yes. Like make your opinion heard. That is your right as an American, whether we agree or not. Uh, definitely get out and vote. That's it's, yeah, it's like, good for the country. There have been too many people who have sacrificed too much for you to not take advantage of your civic responsibility. Yeah, go vote to just vote. Just do it. Just, you can mail it in. Now. Do you know what yeah. the worst part of this year's voting is? I've already voted absentee. Yeah. Zero sticker. I can get you I a sticker. I'll get I you need a sticker. A sticker. I'm gonna I go physical vote because I want to see if someone's trying to intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, I'll intimidate you. Yeah, intimidate me. <laughs> oh, listen here. Oh, you damn youths and your votes. <laughs> oh man, the, it, it always makes me so creeped out when the Green Party's there in force. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love voting in person. I know that I'm not even that young anymore, but I know that young people are voting. But when I go to the polls, I am like 40 years the youngest mm-hmm. person at the yeah, poll. It kills like, me. That? Well, like, am I going too early? Is that the thing? Should I go at two in the afternoon? Last election, it was literally me. And last election, I was like 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was me and a sea of old people. Yeah. And I was like, where, where is my entire generation? Yeah. So if you are, especially if this is your first year to vote, oh my you God, just turn it in there. Get out and vote. Vote. Like just, just vote. It is your right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Go, just go vote. <laughs> And now for something completely different. I've been uh, playing Vermintide with a bunch of idiots lately. <laughs> you mean two of us? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. game is good. That's Vermintide too. Son. Oh, excuse Represent. me. Vermintide two. Yeah, the that vermining. Game, that game is fun. <laughs> do you Rat mean harder? Do you mean Left for Dead two Vermintide edition? Yeah, yeah. I, I like that game. It's a lot Left of fun. for Dead two melee version. <laughs> yeah, that game is stupid fun. <laughs> yeah, it is, and yeah. it's free on uh, uh, Game Pass. Gonna continue playing it. Yeah, I That's like it. That's how I feel. I'm I gonna... feel the same way about that game as I did about Payday two, where yeah. I was just like. Like, this game is just fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the difference is there's no such thing as sneaking in Firm <laughs> Seriously. And when you play with us, there's no such thing yeah. as sneaking in and Payday. Doing, <laughs> I, say, I don't know who is sneaking in Payday. Doing a successful stealth bank heist has got to be an incredible feeling. Sure. Maybe. I'll or, never have it. But, or yeah. just walk in with your gun already out. Yeah, yeah. Just walk in like an like a tank. Yeah. And then I'm full body armor, and it still takes him a couple seconds to be like, wait a minute. Why is that dude in full body armor <laughs> pointing a gun at me? This that guy. gentleman has a heavy-looking parka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's mm. those are both great games. Yeah, I'm a cub reporter now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get that joke. Uh, so a cub reporter is like oh, a, a okay. regular reporter. He's going to explain smaller. it now. Uh, yeah, I didn't. It's not a joke. It's just like a term. I guess. Like how there are pigs and teacup pigs. Like there's is a, that the difference? A reporter that's, and a teacup. That's, that's, how did you know? How did you know the difference? <laughs> He's just a smaller reporter. Yeah, that's so weird. I'm just a shorter, hairier reporter. What's a cub reporter? Yeah, a cub reporter. So, like, a cub reporter is, like, the newest reporter on staff. Oh, yeah, the FNG. Just how the teacup pig is the newest pig on staff. Newest pig yeah. in the teacup. I, no, yeah. I've just realized I don't really know what a teacup pig is. I no, just no, no, no. I think it's really pig. cute, though. You're saying it. It's really a cute. Yeah, that's what I said. No, that like an angle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like it's very a... small. It's a small pig. It's not obtuse. It's a cute. Good. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, welcome to the math podcast. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, welcome to math guys. Yeah. Math dudes. Twenty nineteen. <laughs> oh, no, twenty twenty. What Lord. a podcast! I wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah, like We're math bros. Pythagoreas <laughs> cheerleaders on this episode. Uh, for the next hour, we'll see yeah. who can quote the most digits in pi. <laughs> Proof. <laughs> 
That'd be terrible. That would be terrible. Oh, be that'd, be <laughs> that'd be short. What uh, a three point one four one five nine. Yeah, there you what, go. What was I'm your guys' uh, like preferred study in math? Like, which one did you suck at the least? Oh no, I liked math actually. Addition. No, Addition? I generally I liked math. What was your favorite? What was your favorite like study in math? Um, I really I enjoyed calculus. Is it like dividing the, fractions? No, God, when I first started so on calculus. So oh, I like calculus. Trigonometry is interesting. Yeah, I had a hard time with all math until. Uh, I had a hard time with math in general. I think until I like got older. Yeah, you know who's good at math? Uh, Google. Yeah, <laughs> very true. It's very true. But like, I can't. I can't spell. My handwriting That's is atrocious. True. Or uh, text. Correct. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's up there with spelling. And then I can't text because I spell things the way that I do. And then autocorrect says, "Well, this isn't any word, so I'm just. <laughs> I so don't. I'm just gonna pick one. I can't even figure out what you're trying to say. So then I don't proofread it, <laughs> and whatever it says, I said. Yeah, Mark and I are getting good at wading through that yeah mm-hmm. you, you yeah, speak yeah, yeah. fluent dave at this point yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I i'll get like one of those text messages and i'm like man i hope dan understands what he's talking <laughs> sometimes about sometimes i have to be like oh, i i don't get it yeah and then yeah. dave reads it and he goes yeah i don't know i sent this an hour ago i know hey, yeah, i don't yeah, uh, yeah. understand what this means Boy, i this. am a hot dog fan and i think you can always get a good hot dog from a gas station uh, okay i'm not gonna argue that point on you yeah, and this hot dog I got from Royal Farms, it wasn't um, meat-colored, but it was grayish. <laughs> <laughs> but it was delicious. Uh huh. I normally like ketchup on my hot dog. I know people don't like that. Some no, people I like, are ketchup. I like it. I, like I want, I want ketchup and mustard and cheese. And mayo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, beans if I have them. Yeah, Chipotle that would be the way dog. to be. Mm. Yeah, but P- I know some people are against ketchup on a dog, which well, is weird. You know, that's fine. My dog what are you from Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> but, but <laughs> come come back and talk to me when you guys stop eating pizza with a fork, oh. you maniacs. <laughs> nope, I love Chicago deep dish you pizza. Like it's my dish? favorite. Ah, I, it's my favorite uh-oh. by far. I do too, but not like that. You oh, I bought a pan like, just so I could make it. I like thin crust more than deep dish. Oof. It's dirty hippie. <laughs> yeah. I do like I do like a deep a deep dish pizza. You do? What's your I favorite? Do. I want a pizza stacked on top of a pizza. Ooh, like <laughs> so a deep dish pizza? Because mm-hmm. a proper deep dish pizza, the crust is closer to biscuit crust than it is to pizza crust. No, I just want one pizza, mm-hmm. and then on top of it, that's called a calzone. Want nope? Because it's face up. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're doing like a you're doing a like a weird sandwich. You're doing like a Big Mac style type situation. <laughs> and yeah. Then I want special yeah. sauce on it. <laughs> yeah, I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, then I want Russian dressing all over the top, <laughs> like some sort of disgusting beast. <laughs> so recently, I have become a connoisseur okay. of a different sort. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have now, due to my wife and Say it right. having to do my wife. Thank you. Good. It's uh, coming back. There's a yeah, sequel. Yeah. <laughs> and so some of her her things she has to do due to work. I've sampled, if you will, every coronavirus testing site in our county. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> you got it all up in your nose, yep, all I've, from everywhere? I have poked my brain hole <laughs> a number of times. That mm-hmm. is seriously uncomfortable. Who, I yeah. sneeze every time, like multiple times. Well, makes people sense. are pretty brutal with it, they're, too. They're no, you do it yourself. It. Not me. Oh, they do it? You do it yourself? Yeah, you do it yourself at all. They trust at the all layman with that. Well, they walk you through it and watch you. Do you just barely put it in and be like, then give it back? Mm. Uh, no. So so they'll tell you where to hold on the Q-tip, like oh. how far below uh, to hold on the Q-tip. Yeah. You have to stick it up until like it's disappeared no. into your fingers. Do they keep like lower, lower? <laughs> You're just like, that's like a foot. You're like, like a quarter fine. inch from the bottom? Yeah, it's oh. fine. Get it in there. I, I want to start a review site now where it's just me talking about <laughs> what what different corona testing facilities mm-hmm. are like. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. Three and a half What stars. makes a good one? Swift efficiency. 
It's mostly efficiency because they're all pretty yeah. safe about it, but like they're all very hands. You're not like doing yeah. it, and then the lady like swabs her mouth afterwards. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, nope, you don't have it. Like, well, that's not a test. That's she's disgusting. She's like, I like to make sure it goes up the nose easy. She just licks it first, and then yeah, 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 yeah. it up her mm-hmm. nose hole. Yeah. She's just got a handful of KY jelly. And she just lubes the whole thing <laughs> up. Like, there you go, mm-hmm. son. Like, oh no, thank oh. you. Yeah, uh, but it's I mostly like, efficiency. I like those sites that are in the alleys. Those are nice. It's like, hey man, you want to get tested? You got to get tested for. The COVID. Yeah, he like opens up his jacket. And he's he's just, just got he's got a cotton ball on a drumstick. Yeah, <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, man, cut ready to get you get you right. Yeah, put Don't. it up there, no deeper. <laughs> I got tweezers if it gets stuck. <laughs> my, you know, my dad was cleaning his ear uh-huh. with a Q-tip, and the Q-tip end came off. He must have brought like cheap ones. Never and, buy cheap Q-tips. No, no, I go all out for the three dollars it costs for a thousand of them. Yeah, yeah. Just, just brand the, name only for this guy. Yeah, yeah. and then so he, instead of like doing something sane, he put another Q-tip in there oh, no. to try to dig that one out. What? And it also came off. He had to go to the hospital and get these Q-tips removed from his ears. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> that'll happen, Don't go man. deep in there, man. Just get the what you need. Don't go, don't do the Corona test style. Like, hold it by the other tip and <laughs> uh-huh. push that all the way into your ear. <laughs> yeah. That'll touch your brain. You know, it's just it's just always surprising to me, like, the stuff that people put inside of themselves. What doctors say, I guess you're not supposed to put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear. Which is weird because that means it couldn't go in your ear, I which know. I guess is the point they're making. But I like yeah. to clean my ears. <laughs> yeah, people people tell me all the time, just flush your ears, and I'm like, no, but no. it doesn't feel good. Though. It's the same reason I don't use a neti pot. Yeah, I've no. tried to. Use, <laughs> no, I've tried that, and it go, no matter how many people have told me it's wonderful and like walked me through the process, no. that goes right down the back of my yeah, throat. Yeah, I get the process. It doesn't feel yeah. awesome. Yeah. My body doesn't work like that. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. gross. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Or like, have you seen people do the candle thing with their ear? Oh yeah, I've done, oh, the, I've done candle that waxing. Yeah, a Can- friend of mine did that to me one time, and it just felt weird. And then I'm pretty sure I saw a lot of candle wax from the candle waxing. Yeah, like in the look paper. at all this wax. Yeah. Like, well, that's what happens when you light a candle. Y- yeah. yeah, I saw my grandfather do that one time, and it was lit like, his whole head on fire. Yeah, it just went up. <laughs> Whoosh! And that's how he lost his hair. You said that. You, gotta, <laughs> you said, do I put the hairspray on now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just in case the flames start to go down. You hit it with a little hairspray. Yeah. And then it, you know, then you'll get. Oh it just no! Starts right back up again. Not a one drop of earwax in that ear. No, no, <laughs> burned it right out. Uh, yeah, it's all. Scorched. What a weird show we have. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a weird show. Yeah. Can, <laughs> can you believe we don't get paid for this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It is hard to believe. I hope Flores is good. This is a sports podcast, Dave. Chime yeah. in anytime. Yeah, feel free. Hey, Dave, let's do some role playing. Call in as a sports radio caller. Oh yeah, and give me just an insane opinion. Oh, so uh, this is uh, Bucky McCannon from <laughs> okay. uh, from Albuquerque, New York, and I'd really uh, like to talk about uh, yeah. Will Smith Bulkenchecken. He's uh, a new transfer over from the Canadian Hockey League uh, mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. the Quebec Canucks, and what I really want to know is why is he going to keep half his face shaved and the other half not until the end of the hockey season? Does he truly think that of the five player. quarters in a hockey game that that's going to work out well? Now, let me ask you a question here. What, what did you say your name was? Uh, but, <laughs> Bucky. That's a great question. <laughs> Bucky McCannon. Bucky. Bucky. My friend Bucky. And you're over there in New York, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Let me tell York. you. Let me tell you about your trash opinions. <laughs> I'm going to disconnect you. Let me tell I just, you why you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just going dis- to disconnect you right away. No, you can't. Thanks for calling. <laughs> now, let me tell you why you're wrong. 
are you, Mike Francesca? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How was that for an insane sports cast? That was rant? good. I liked it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I expected a lot worse, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. You had you had some rule inaccuracies, but you know what's sad is uh, I've actually been to more live hockey games than any other sport because I re- actually enjoy watching hockey. Yeah, hockey's great live. I've like, never I, been to a live. Oh my oh, god, so much yeah. fun! We were supposed to go to see the Thunder. I know. And the night we were supposed to go, the night, when the world shut down. down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we were going to see the Thunder. I was so stoked, and then they were just like, "No, no everybody's canceling the dying. game. Yeah, <laughs> the world's going on fire now. Yeah, but yeah. Hockey live is a lot of fun. I used to. Uh, I've seen a ton of um, ice pilots, which is like the semi-pro league in Pensacola, Florida. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something about semi-pro hockey. You would watch a boxing match, and then occasionally a hockey game would break out. Yeah, once in a while, so a guy the, would score. The Delaware <laughs> so Thunder great. in the in the league that they're in, the federal, I think it's like the Federation yeah, Hockey League Bureau or whatever. Hockey. They're known around the league now for being just kind of a goony team. Mm. Who the Vikings? The, no, the or Delaware Thunder. Thunder? Yeah, 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 they're they're kind of known like for that. just being. Yeah, the, the fans are like really out of control too because it's the smallest venue in the, yeah. in the league. So the fans and Mark are, is one of the fans. Yeah, so I am one of the fans. I have a toke. <laughs> I went to. I've been to an NBA game and a bunch of NFL games. Oh, I saw the Thunder play up in Philly. I saw way back in the day the Magic play the 76ers when it was Tracy McGrady and Allen Iverson. Wow. Guess who was both hurt? Allen Iverson and Tracy <laughs> McGrady. So <laughs> I saw them the on the bench, Seriously? and then I saw That's a bunch of scrubs sucks. playing. Yeah, it was a real bummer. Yeah, I, it was back in the day when um, the OKC had um, the big three. They had oh, Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, That's a good yeah. good time to see him. Mm-hmm. I, the main thing I remember from that game, besides those guys being hurt, is I got like a Coke or whatever from the thing, and they just used like Philadelphia city water. To, oh, yeah. Oh, man. It was the worst tasting thing I've ever had. <laughs> and it was good thing it was only like $9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, super affordable. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least there's that. <laughs> game over, man. Game over.